Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Goons Podcast with your boy Ocho, Big Tim, and Cousin Joe. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Welcome back, boys. Holiday edition. Almost Christmas. It's crazy. How's it going, Big Tim? It's going good. It's going good. And Cousin Joe, how's, how's life? Ah, life is great, bro. We're 14 days, 14 days away from Christmas. You're uh, chugging down some eggnog. Like, we're really getting into the holiday spirit, you know? I think I got to stop chugging this. I put a little too much rum here, boys. Got to be honest. <laughs> Uh, we got to incorporate some drinking on this pod. Uh, Tim, we should play like a, a beer pong edition or something. Yo, we should do that like once. A, we should have an episode maybe like right before the Super Bowl, like the last episode of the season. We'll just uh, we'll do a little drinking game or something. That'd be fun. Sure. Uh, whoever's goon does the worst should have to chug something on camera. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, so that'll be me probably. I don't even know what my goon of the week is. I'm just going to go last and throw some. Just like on players about to get cut and. Yeah, I was just going to say, Tim, we got to get Dean on this podcast. Then if we got to get the chugging going, we just pick, send the freaking chugging. Um, <laughs> yeah, we still got to do that. Eh? Um, Joe, remind me, who was your goon last week again? My goon last week. Oof, good question. Uh, I think Marquez Callaway, right? Yes. You needed scrap yeah. on Thursday night. That's not your fault, bro. The Saints, uh, maybe we'll get into them uh, later. But um, if Taysom Hill uh, could stop throwing interceptions in the red uh, zone, it would be very helpful. All they had to do in that game, all they had to do in that game last week was just run it. I agree. Hill was killing it, bro. He, he can't was, bro. And, like, it's just, like, the minute they got themselves into the red area where, you know, points are so valuable, it's, like, the ultimate mistake would always happen. Just don't turn the football over, man. And they would have covered, too, because I really liked them against the spread. No, me too, man. I mean, we all did there. Um, I think they should have won that game. I mean. Agreed. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, Tim. Uh, you think the Saints are done? No, I don't think they're done. I mean, like they weren't. Re- they they knew the Taysom Hill wasn't a starting quarterback, which is why they gave the job to Jameis Winston. And you know, he's out now, so I guess he'll have <laughs> yeah. to play. But and I think just, it says, you know. and to Tim's point, I think it says a lot that they rolled with Trevor Simeon before Taysom Hill as the actual starter for a couple of games. You know, so they 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 got to know something we don't. You know, I think Sean he's hurt. Yeah. But I mean, the thing with Taysom Hill is you got to let him do what he's good at, which is exactly run play option. You don't have him throwing the ball. How many? He had what over thirty uh, <laughs> attempts, no last game. Something like he, that. Yeah, he had four picks and two touchdowns. Like he had a lot of passes thrown. That's For not sure. how you're going to win games with him. You know? No, no, that's not the formula with Taysom Hill. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, they've had the injuries. They lost their QB. Kamara comes back this week, so when we get to the games, we can discuss what they're going to do. But I don't know. The Saints, I kind of think they may be done, but I don't know. It, it depends. I think they're not going to make the playoffs now. They've lost five in a row, which is crazy to think about because they, they were five and two at one point. Yeah. They haven't really done anything since Kamara's left, though. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. He's, but... he's been out for at least four games. But before, I, um, other than them, I mean, we're going to talk about the Monday night game, but um, I'm trying to remember last week now. Uh, what the big storylines were. Uh, I'm trying to think what 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 actually happened. It was honestly, boys, uh, pat on the back. Uh, I don't want to call us geniuses because it, it was kind of a, I don't want to say an easy week, but it seemed like everyone was making money last week. Sharps, some, most of the public plays came in, but six out of eight on the big ticket, boys. That's pretty impressive. Seventy five percent, bro. That's sharp as fuck. Let's and call it spade as Joe. Joe, we did a Monday night game, which we ended up losing. We never do that. It was so we did eight instead of seven. So 
there you go. Correct. Correct. And then the one that we lost was bullshit because, uh, yeah, we'll start with that. Uh, the, the Bucks are on a roll. But again, bro, this team, it seems oh, like when they cover, it's such luck that they cover. I'm not saying it's luck that they're doing good. Great team overall. Not even going that route. But I'm saying when this team actually covers, it's luck, man. I mean, the Falcons almost went in to get a backdoor cover. They were on the seven-yard line at the end. Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say something. Okay, I think this Bucks team is overrated. I, I'm I'm fed up. Oh, definitely, really definitely, definitely. I I, I they, they could be hot on defense. I'm not seeing the same defense that I saw steamrolling, you know, towards the playoffs and basically took over the postseason last year. It's basically just a lot of fluky, really untraditional and unlike Tom Brady when it comes to the situational football, because last week I'm just going to go through a little spiel here of the last four to five minutes, because I had um, Tim and I had a, a teaser where we had them at plus 13 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. So we got a Sick. little bit, plus, <laughs> sorry, plus, no, sorry. We had Atlanta plus 16, my bad. So we were, but I was still no sweating. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. Up by 10, bro. Tom Brady's at his own nine with five or six minutes left. You're supposed to milk the clock. Why are yeah, why you, are they throwing all the bro, time? Those are moments where I literally wish Tom Brady takes a hit that hurts him or that he throws an interception because I want him to go to the podium at the end of the game up two possessions and explain why you're throwing the fucking football. I yeah, really doesn't don't make understand. Sense. It's my biggest pet peeve, bro. It's like, okay, I get it if like, you know, maybe it's to ice the game or, you know, like whatever you have a good play that, you know, you feel that you have a, a slight edge or opportunity, but like, you know, that you're supposed to round and pound. You have Leonard Fournette, you have Rojo, like you have backs that can get the job done and the Falcons are scrape on defense, but no, you're throwing four, you're throwing 40 yard bombs to Chris Godwin to get yourself at the field goal range. Like go fuck yourself, man. It's yeah, so right. Come on. Man. Is, is he retiring? Like what's his contract deal? Because to me, it's like, he's just trying to get that MVP. He's so never like going to retire. Just yeah, let's never well, then, well, then, honestly, bro, like, it's Jordan, it's, it's, Gretzky, all these um, Tiger Woods, Nicholas. Yeah, they're ultra, ultra competitive, which is probably that edge to make them the goats, right? But to me, it's like, what are you doing now, Brady? Are you trying to rub it in or something? Like, you're, you're going above and beyond. It just but, seems but, sketch, bro. It but, seems weird. Boys. Nothing against him, but yeah. Nothing against them at all. And it's, you know, I, we were talking a bit about this on Sunday night because, you know, we do think, I think collectively and unanimously believe that he's just chasing the MVP this season because I it's think so, so. Blat blatantly obvious, but I don't even find it impressive, bro. I was listening to um, uh, Skip and Shannon this week and Shannon Sharp brought up a great point. You know what, Tom Brady this season, if he continues on this pace, he's on pace to break the record for most passing attempts in a season, bro. Like, do you understand how ridiculous that is? Usually that happens with guys that are like trailing in games all the time and you don't need to throw the football to come back. Like you have, you're, you're pretty like collectively solid as a team and you're usually playing with a lead. So why are you throwing the football? Like it's mind boggling. I, I understand he, you're Tom Brady, but you don't see Aaron Rodgers doing that. And I think they're a better football team. Crazy. Well, Packers are a way better football team in my opinion. It's too bad they haven't played yet this year, but um, oh, it's, it's um. It's yeah, man, it's hard to because it, it, it's weird. Like, I'm, I, I agree 100%. I kind of pisses me off, too. It's just weird. It's weird that we're like criticizing someone doing well, really. But it, it just doesn't make any sense. Tim, are they but, setting? Yeah, the, are they setting but themselves? They're up? doing well, but they're he's like trying to overkill, which is basically what we're saying. Correct. Like, yeah, you know, and, it's going to come back to bite him. You know, team, OK, he, he was playing a poor team, so it went fine. But on Thursday night, you saw. The Vikings, too, they're up 29 points, and he's trying oh to push the ball downfield. Why are you pushing the ball downfield? 
We'll, we'll get to that game too because that was just I couldn't believe no, that. I, but, you, know. <laughs> you know, like it's the same concept. Like he throws two picks all of a sudden, it's a one score game. It's just, I don't know, man. I think he's, yeah, I think it's overkill. I think he's taking it a bit too far. And I, I don't know for sure, but my gut feeling right now is that this guy's trying to chase an MVP. So to me, he's setting himself up for some, the, the, the whole team is setting themselves up for disappointment in the playoffs. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it's, it's, it's not a winning formula in my opinion. Yeah. You could do that against trash, like the Atlanta Falcons, but when you go up against the better teams, if you're just continuously trying to throw the football in a game, like you see, like, you know, to Tim's point about the, the Thursday night with Kirk cousins, like, especially when you got Dalvin cook, that was literally averaging like 10 yards per carry, bro. Like that Steelers rush defense was trash, you know, no, no business throwing the football whatsoever. So I I don't know, man. Like, well, you you look at these, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an idiot looking at it from like a complete outside perspective. But I, I just like I know winning football when I see it. And to me, it's like those are the moments where you wish that they make the ultimate mistake and have to explain why the hell they're you know playing like clowns. They're lucky. I honestly feel they're lucky to have covered the games. Like I said, they're a good enough team to be one of the top teams in the season's playoffs. Is yes. I, like I said, I feel like they're setting themselves up, but I guess we'll see. Um, but here we'll talk a bit about the Steelers. We'll start with last week where they, they got the win against the Ravens who were on them. Um, I actually thought they were going to win as well, but, uh, what I want to talk about guys is we've been saying this, what I, this Ravens team, man, we're talking about lucky teams. That's like the AFC equivalent right now. They're playing decent. Like they have a good coach and everything, but this team has kind of been shit for like three weeks and four weeks or like a month and pretty much Lamar isn't even doing shit in fantasy at all. So it's no, very look, interesting. It, a lot of interceptions. Yeah, that's the problem. The turnover game. Lamar can't keep hold on to the ball. And you know what the funny part is? Is I was listening to a guy. His targets on his picks, all six of his last picks, he was targeting Mark Andrews in like double or triple coverage. Yeah, that's just point convert. You know, and if you guys recall, at one point I was talking about how I think Lamar really has to mature in, you know, the sense of learning how to read defenses a little bit better or, you know, making the right play and decision. You know, you could only rely on athleticism so long. And when you're, you know, and not for nothing, apparently he's like the most sacked quarterback over the last month, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, it hasn't been good. And this is a mobile quarterback, right? So it's it's really, you know, tough to, to tough to understand. You know, maybe he's like running himself into some of these sacks, but nevertheless, you know, you're supposed to have that escapability power. And you know, if you if you see it coming, like I don't know. And it looks like some defenses have really kind of figured out how to kind of contain Lamar Jackson a little bit. Mm-hmm. They want to force him to throw the football, contain him in the pocket with the blitzes. Like Miami defense kind of, you know, laid out a bit of that blueprint on the Thursday night, but Absolutely. they gotta adjust. They gotta adjust. It's uh, it's concerning. Uh, I'm hoping for fantasy wise that Lamar picks it up just where just in time for the fantasy playoffs. But and then on to Pittsburgh, uh, really good win. And we've been kind of ragging a bit on Ben all year. But honestly, boys, looking at this Steelers team and the fact that they still can make the playoffs, who knows? They go on a run. They very well, very well might. I haven't really checked the schedules, but it's almost like this team or Big Ben, I should say, he's not even running on skill anymore. He's running almost completely on wisdom and experience because this guy is trash, man. This guy doesn't have it anymore, bro. (laughs) Bro, when it was 29 nothing, I think Big Ben had like 60 passing yards, bro. Yeah. (laughs) It's like all, it's pure experience. (laughs) Context, that was late in the third quarter with like maybe two, three minutes left. And then he ended up finishing the game with like 300 and then passing yards. You know, insane. So it's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, up to that. Like, how does it take you three quarters to finally wake up and learn how to throw the football? Like, I'm sorry. If you're a veteran, dude. Looking at that offense, guys, 
that they had like not even necessarily like Ben's had a great career. I love him, but he's just kind of old now, right? But if they had even like a younger quarterback, doesn't even necessarily be, need to be the same quality as Ben. This offense is probably one of the best in the league with Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, really. He, I kind of, I liked him, but I didn't expect him to Guys, do what he's I, doing this year, but wow. Oak, I just wanted to make a comment about Najee Harris because I read this earlier this week and I don't know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm really impressed that a rookie is the only running back apparently like starting RB this year that hasn't fumbled the football this year. That Crazy, is ridiculous. Yeah? A rookie. Like, uh, wow. I feel bad. I have him nowhere. off to him, bro. I have him nowhere. Tim, you, did you get Harris? He was anywhere? going too high. I didn't. I didn't he was really going too high. Better values. I, I just didn't trust Pittsburgh coming into this year with Big Ben. And yeah, for good reason. For good reason. For good reason. Yeah. Ajie Harris didn't do much the first few weeks, and then he turned it on. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, uh, honestly, yeah. I, I think this loss that Pittsburgh just had, I, I think that's going to, like, I think they're pretty much done now for the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, I, I barely looked at the schedule. I think you might be right. It's going to depend both, on uh, the AFC. Um, there's going to be a team with 10 wins that's going to miss the playoffs this year. I think 100%. you're right. Like, Colts, the, even the fucking Colts, man aren't well, locked for a playoff Well, spot. basically, if the Bills lose this game, they're pretty much out, too, if they lose crazy. to the Bucs. How crazy is that, guys? You know how many people, even with the record right now, still believe the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC? Oh, bro. And, it, and they're on the cusp of not ridiculous. making the playoffs, bro. It's fucking ridiculous how this is still a thing. Are they just going on the – honestly, these analysts literally yeah. just look at the stats and they say, yep. It's like – It goes so much be, more beyond that, bro. Why can't they be like Tony Dungy? Yeah, Tony Dungy actually says things sometimes where he's like, you know what? I'm going to go with the underdog here. I think, and then he's usually <laughs> right. He's a, I love that man. I love Tony. I, Dungy. I, I, Tony, I love Dungy Tony Dungy, Dungy though. <laughs> I like that Tony Dungy accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you're uh, right, man. <laughs> you know, I think the Colts are going to come in and they're 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 going to surprise <laughs> yeah. the world here. They're resting some crocodiles down yeah. south. And like, uh, no, the quarterback like, of all time is Peyton Manning. You know? Apparently, he's a very uh, he's a god fearing man too. Uh, so yeah. good for him. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, it's like I always find compared to other analysts, like they'll all say the same things, like like on the NFL Network lock of the week, and they take the four um, highest spreads favorites yeah. money line and say that's a lock boys is like okay where tony dungy's all say things like yeah no this team's just gonna get it done and win by the exact spread and tony dungy looks at them he's like actually if you look at what these teams have and then it's just like okay <laughs> he's just so calm and he just got that smile and, then, it, and, then, and, they, and they're always like okay tony and then it turns out he's exactly right also i think it was last week i believe it was it was romo and um i think it was hey, tony uh, romo yeah tony romo and I, most people have said since he started as a color commentator, he's just been above and beyond. But it was two jokes. So I think it was the end of the Baltimore Pittsburgh game. He's like, look for man to throw a quick slant uh, to Deontay Johnson for the first down. And I swear to God, man, it's exactly Whoa. what happened. Tony Romo sees it before it happens, bro. He's fucking... Well, I mean, because he's actually like, yeah, I, I, I was a quarterback. I'm going to actually use my knowledge to do something about it. Of course. It. Nah, he's, anyway, he's, I, I always like Jim Nance too. Different, uh, different personality. I, to me, Jim Nance, I just love that guy. Yeah, agreed. Very much agreed. But, okay, guys. So let's get into this. Uh, that uh, historic, in my opinion, performance by, I guess, a coach uh, in the Patriots Bills Monday Nighter. Boys, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think we'll, we're not going to see that for a long time. I that, had to that, check that, that, 
No, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. In 2021, I have complete confidence saying that we probably won't see that for like another decade or two. I agree, bro. That maybe, maybe, maybe more, more, maybe more, maybe more, maybe more. That I is, yeah. No, I could do it maybe in like two weeks when they played him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if the wind, if the wind I, serves I, I, it. Think, I take that back. You're right, Tim. You're absolutely right. It's true. They I, found I don't I, I don't see um something I've noticed. I haven't tracked this guys, but I've noticed there isn't really necessarily the oh, if the team beat one team uh to start the year, they're probably gonna lose a division foe. They're probably gonna lose the second time they played. I've actually seen the opposite this year. Seems like like the Colts, uh, they beat the Texans both times. The Titans beat the Colts both times. There's actually been a lot of like, if a team's better than a team, they end up winning both games. It's very interesting. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, uh, with in, within division games, I don't feel like it's that uncommon. You know, it's all dependent on context too, right? I mean, uh, it's uh, look, I because the the key matchup that I want to make an argument for is the Niners and the Cardinals this season, bro. Like, I I, I like the Cardinals. I think they're 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 very very good football team. I don't know bullshit if that. that they, bullshit that they won both those games and covered both those games. I think too. Yeah, against the 49ers, because look, one of the games, it was um, Justin Fields that started. Sorry, not Justin Fields. What's his name? Trey Lance. And bro, I, I remember that was my lock of the week. And I was pulling my hair out of my head on the Sunday because they literally got to Arizona territory, I think maybe five or six, sorry, seven times. And they only scored once. Like it was either a punt or a freaking like it, that's completely unjustifiable. And all I needed was a field goal to cover the spread. So there's that game. And then there's the game where freaking Colt McCoy started and, you know, the Niners turned into a favorite and somehow just completely blew it. So yeah. I don't know, like it speaks, it speaks volumes to the coaching and, you know, obviously the game plan that they put in place, but I just, I don't know. There's something about that team that just, it that still doesn't click for me. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I know another team that's kind of different reasons. I feel like they're setting that if they get the buy two, they're setting themselves up for a, for a loss with an unexperienced quarterback, in yeah. my opinion. Maybe I, not, though. Maybe, maybe not, not, maybe not. But I, I just, like, my, with my experience with the NFL, is you have to be humbled before you could get to, you Absolutely. know, ultimate championship status. You know, what happened for Mahomes, you know, even Lamar in his MVP season, Cam that year, he made it to the Super Bowl, then ended up winning. So I, it's very, very seldom do we see these teams that just kind of come out of nowhere, just go all the way and win as a favorite. You know, it's, uh, we've seen Crazy. the underdog stories, like those Giants teams, but, you know, those had like historically good pass rushers. So I don't know. I, I just think there's too many good teams in the NFC to pull off an upset. Absolutely, man. And uh, big game this week. We'll get into it when we do the things. But uh, Tim, back to the, the Bills-Patriots game. Realistically, did the Bills deserve to win that game? If they just would have like... Well, I, I mean, know, call, call at any the end good of the play? day, if their kicker doesn't miss that, what, 37-yard field goal, yeah. then they would have won the game on the next drive, right? What a field yeah. goal. So basically yeah, the wind. Know. It was a wind factor, really. Yeah. yeah. It was a wind. And I don't know what it is. The conditions. You know I, think, I, I personally think Buffalo should have just, like, tried to run more. They, they tried to throw too much in that game, but... It's Belichick, man. I, it's, I said this in the chat, boys. Like, Madras, like, it's hard to imagine that in 2021 I get more respect for Bill Belichick, but, yeah, fuck McDermott. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> nothing against him, really, but there was that quote out of context there, I'm sure. But, like, I don't know what's up with that guy. <laughs> I just want to say two things. First thing is, I think Josh Allen has to hold a little bit of accountability for this game. Absolutely. Because, 
bro, getting into the red zone, you know, to Tim's point, if they take kick two good field goals, they could win the game 16 to 14, which is very true. But even Josh Allen, like if you're that guy and people are putting you into that status as a top five quarterback in the NFL, you get into the red area at home. I don't care about the wind. I don't care about whatever. You're 20 yards away from scoring a touchdown and you're supposed to be one of the top tier teams in the league. You got to find a way to make the play, bro. I'm sorry. Like he missed, he missed digs for a touchdown. Bro, he had Cole Beasley right. wide open on that fourth and 14, dude. That's like, true. Come That's on. true. You know, it's like you got to make that play, you know. And, and my second point is like to your point, Oak, I really believe this is really elevating Belichick's legacy even it's more. It's insane, bro. What he what he's doing with this roster, I don't think many coaches, I don't think any coach really could do what he's doing with this roster, bro. Because when it comes to the actual skill position, who the hell plays for the Patriots that you would like <laughs> yeah. Kobe Myers? 10, a top 10 fantasy player, bro. Like well, I, their backs have been pretty insane. Yeah, their their backs have Ramon been very good. Stevenson, I like, but he's a rookie. So. He's a rookie, and Damian Harris. Like, I don't think Damian Harris was a first round pick this year, was no, he? Not at all. Third, not even fourth, close. even. Yeah, not even close. You look at that defense; they're bringing back guys that played so poorly with other teams, like the the Van Noy, Jamie Collins, and Matthew Judon gets signed up as a free agent that didn't work out in Baltimore. Like these guys are playing out of their heads, bro. And it only happens when it's within their that that Patriots culture, you know. Like, look, we know Bill Belichick has a bit of a scoundrel in him, you know. We know the history with like the Spygate and the whatever. Ah, uh, like, you know, I I don't I don't really like him as a person, but I respect yeah. the fuck out of him as a coach. Bro. But yeah. I will say some guys. Have you ever heard him answer? Or a NFL history uh, history question. That's pretty cool. This this guy answered a question about the history of long snappers, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" He was like, a, "He answered for three minutes. He was talking about like how teams originally didn't have another player, but then as it evolved, they realized that it was important to get that snapper or something like that." And it was just like, "Cool." And again, cool. man, yeah. You know what, Oak, like they say Bill Belichick, like, you know, he he's really like his specialty is defense and special teams. And if you think about the Patriots, when do they ever really make a mistake on special teams or like defense? Like that's that's what they, you know, they've been historically good at is, you know, not beating themselves, which ironically enough, the only touchdown the Bills scored last week was because of a short field because that stupid Nik- uh, Nikhil Harry uh, that it barely yeah. touched his helmet there. And it was exactly uh, that was it was a fluke. It was and, a I fluke. Mean- it was it's food. true though, Joe. Like, okay, like the Vikings and that Lions defeat, and almost again this week. I mean, I know it's the Vikings, but it seems like the Patriots don't let that touch on. It's almost like if, if the other quarterback has the drive, and it could even be like a really good quarterback, like Allen. I mean, I have my opinions on him, but yeah, it seems like they, I trust them more. Like they, they're not going to make that mistake. They're, they're you know, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Bro, I'm sorry. You slice it however you want, but in 2021, they won a football game where their quarterback completed <laughs> two passes. One was a freaking screen pass, for God's sakes, and the other one was an overthrow where freaking uh, what's his name was it? Um, John o. Smith. You made a crazy guy. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. <laughs> uh, Tim, Tim, though, I mean, it happened, so I guess they did have to do it to win. But did they actually have to only throw the ball three times? I feel like they they. A little disrespect to Mac there. I mean, I know the win was crazy, but I remember games like Robbie Gould missed an extra point that went like to the other stadium. Yeah, I know. Indiana. The, like, the run game was working. So why it was, yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, if, if you take that throw and it gets batted or the win, you know, puts it off, then you're behind on the snap count. You know, you know what I mean? It's like second and 10 instead of first and 10. Then chances are you're not going to get those 10 yards and two rushes. 
This way you run the first two, and then if it's manageable, you just do that third run. It was a good game plan. Like, oh, it was, Do you it was think boring. that's what they planned, though? Or do you think it's yeah, as I'm the game sure, went on? 100% sure that was their game plan. I, I agree. I think so, too, bro. And, and, I, and I think they would have been even more successful had Damian Harris not gotten hurt because yep. uh, he pulled his hamstring or something. But he was ripping. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they probably even told Mac, like, today – just don't fumble that snap and you'll be golden. <laughs> yeah, bro. But you know what? I think it says a lot about Mac Jones, bro, to like be, you know, so selfless in the sense that, you know, he doesn't show an ego and saying like, this is, you know, winning football and I don't have to go out there and be like the guy today. You know, that's not a lot of quarterbacks. I think would be okay with that. No, you know? if they start another dynasty boys in the next little bit with this kid, they're not going to do with this team. Bro. Uh, I don't think it's gonna. No, I. No, look what happened. Not not this year. Not this year. Schedule is Oh no, no, I agree. Schedule is ridiculously easy, man. Not this year, but I mean, if they end up just next year, next year they might be back to like seven and ten because they're gonna be playing all the. They don't. If they don't add people, I mean, it's only gonna take you so far. Good coaching. I mean, look at the year before, right? You got to play the game, right? You know, it's. And this is where the development of Tom Brady over the years really, really helped, obviously. You know? like, well, that's the thing, though. Like, if in the next few, like, five, ten years, they end up winning a few Super Bowls, very similar to Brady, well, then that, that debate is over. Like, I don't care if Brady's putting up the stats in Tampa. That debate is over to me. I mean, then it's just like Belichick. Because if you, like, we forget guys because we're young, you know, but Brady had nobody either for the first few years. It was all about the de- Very similar to what's going on now with the Patriots, to be honest. Correct. Yeah. People were even talking about it the same way. Like, yeah, he believes this kid Brady. He's that good though. You know, like actually I think Mac Jones probably is getting more respect as a rookie than Brady did really. I mean, Brady also wasn't even going to start. I remember that like it was yesterday. So gets injured and they put in this Tom Brady and that was history, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I just look at their talent, bro, for, from a, st- a talent standpoint. Like, there's nobody on that Gross. Patriots roster that stands out for me. I'm sorry, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It's really like... No, absolutely. I, I top 10 in their position. Absolutely. And I mean, like, Ramondre Stevenson looks amazing, right? Yeah. But I'm actually a little... I, I don't want to say worried, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he fumbles early on next season and then all of a sudden some random other guy. It's just like it's the Patriots running back thing. Well, Tim, Tim, was it Antoine Smith, their last, or or uh, Kevin, even Kevin Falk was like James White. Has, have the Patriots in the last like 20 years had like a consistent number one running back or has it always just been like a, I think it's always just been. It's always running back by committee, bro. It's yeah. Crazy. But I mean, when they had Blunt, he was like, True. he was RB1 because you'd get yeah. like 20 something touchdowns a year. Yeah. 20 carries, 20. <laughs> no, you guys not. remember Ben Jarvis Green Ellis? He oh was not bad God. for a while. Yeah, bro. They, they had some. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Ramondre Stevenson because I just find like the way this kid runs is he's what two fifty and he hits that. He, his cuts are amazing, and this guy to me seems it reminds me of like a Marshawn Lynch and um, Derrick Henry like uh, mix almost Ramondre Stevenson. But yeah, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Something like that, bro. He's my keeper in one of my leagues. I love, I love hearing that, bro. I, I, yeah. I liked him. Uh, we spoke about him on the podcast, Tim. I think that was one of the rookies. We're like, yeah, guys, don't, uh, don't sleep on Ramondre Stevenson, other than the fact that he's on the Patriots. I, but I have, I have him and AJ Dillon going into next season. So let's fucking go. <laughs> Two big boys, bro. Two big running yes, backs. Sir. That might be yeah. the future of the NFL running back, to be honest. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Big guys. I mean, look Did at they- Henry. <laughs> at the start of uh, Brady's career, there, oh four to oh six, he had Corey Dillon, who did pretty good for them. Right, yeah. Corey Dillon was a legend. That, was very that, good, yeah. That's an all-time player. Yeah, yeah. Corey Dillon, yeah, I forgot about uh, him. Yeah, 
they had uh, Lawrence Maroney two years. <laughs> yeah. He did well. Stefan Ridley. Stephon Ridley has the most yards as a running back for them. Yeah, he had a good one season. He had a one good season, and then it all just kind of fell apart. But yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. So, uh, is there anything else? Or are we going to go right to the goons? I'm trying to think what else happened last week. Washington and the Dolphins continue their hot streak. Yeah. What else? I'm trying to think. The Chargers somehow like went up 20 points, then almost lost the lead, and then won by. 24 points. <laughs> Tim, 24 Tim, I think I didn't. I, the Chargers, at least now with Herbert, I find they still do Chargers things when they have a big lead. Uh, like in that Raiders game earlier on in the season, the Monday Nighter, I believe, or the Sunday Nighter, you know, like they might blow a bit of a lead, but I feel like now with Herbert, they'll get that big touchdown at the end to take back control, like they did with that uh, bomb there to what's his face, Guyton or whatever. Was it Guyton or Palmer? Yeah, I don't know if you guys like watch this, but every week uh, NFL.com posts like the five longest uh, throws of the week. Yeah, and normally it's five random, it's five different quarterbacks, but this week uh, Herbert had three. Of <laughs> yeah, that was wow. a good game, boys. We 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 called that one right on the right, we called that one perfect. Yeah, that bomb to Guyton was like a sixty-three yard air throw or something. Yeah, Herbert's Herbert's great, guys. Tim, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I think if Justin Herbert just had a slightly better record right now and was in the running for like the top seed in the AFC, which look, it's still open for grabs. I think he should be a front runner for the MVP. Like he's I literally so, on. Man. He's literally top ten in all major statistical categories for a quarterback. If you go look, yeah. it's really impressive. See again, anything could happen in the playoffs, but to me, the Chargers are setting themselves up for a run in the playoffs. Maybe I'm wrong, but to me, again, it has to do with the quarterbacks. And I trust Herbert over, I trust Herbert over Mac Jones. I trust Herbert over Lamar right now. Absolutely. I trust definitely trust Herbert over Mahomes, but Mahomes can do well. I'll give Mahomes credit. Honestly, Mahomes. they'll just go as far as their coach allows them with his play call. Yeah, I like him though. I like him, Tim. I mean, he wins he, games, but I'm saying he takes too many chances. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel like when he's Sometimes losing, you settle for field goals in the first half. You know, you could settle for a field goal in the first half. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I like look, it worked out in their favor, Tim. But to your point, I was really surprised they had like a fourth and six or something on the goal line uh, in on their first drive against the Bengals last Sunday. Yeah. They went for it. Okay, they scored, but I don't think that's the play there, bro. No, Let's it see. isn't. I said it. I said to my dad. I said no. Nah, six bro. yards to go. I think it might have been even more than six yards. I'm like, this is way too risky, man. Just take the take points, points. And, sir. Not yeah, to, honestly. Yeah. Not to mention it started as like a first and one from the one. And it exactly. ended I think about a five yard penalty or something. And then, yes, I think that's exactly what yeah. happened. And I was like, yeah, fourth and six or something. So you had literally three chances, didn't get a yard. And then you yeah. go for it on fourth down. Yeah. Like, look, it worked out in your favor. You rolled the dice. Congratulations. But more often than not, I feel like, you know, it's I don't even call it the safe play. I think it's just a smart play. Take the points. You're on the roll. Well, the the games against uh, Baltimore and Patriots where they lost is because of those plays. They would go for those four. That's the thing, man. Yeah. Too many. You got to know when not to take the chance, especially if you're losing. Like in the Baltimore game, you don't chase by going for it on fourth down in your own territory. Like, no. Look what happened with the Steelers. If the Steelers can come back, I know it was the Vikings, but if the Steelers can almost come back from a 29-point deficit, like, come on. For Steelers sure. Are, ben, okay, and quickly again, I didn't say this, I forgot, but, like, my, my thing about Big Ben running almost completely on experience and wisdom, 
uh, Deontay Johnson and Clay, Chase Claypool ended up catching those one-on-one deep balls there on the sideline. Yeah. But real talk, like he got a penalty on both of those and those were not the best. Like those were better catches than throws. Even it's like, it looks like the ball almost looked like, like Ben put everything he had on it to complete that 30 yard bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it almost looked like it was dying at the end and they both ended up catching it. Just because we brought this up, can we please laugh at Chase Claypool for like two seconds? He's the reason they lost that game. He's the reason they lost that game. on the clock, and he's fucking dancing after he gets a first down. He's an idiot. He he lost that game for them because in the first half, it was his two mistakes. Or else, you know, it could have been a different game, man. Uh, Like I said, he literally cost them. You could have put it either way because the guy hit him in the face too. No, that is true. That is true. And, you know, it's, it's, those ones, the ref just calls it so that they stop. It's I wouldn't really say it's, uh, you know. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I should rephrase. It might not have been him. Like, maybe he didn't do anything wrong, but his penalty ultimately, yeah. I feel, was a big, big changer in the game. But And then quickly, guys, since the, the Vikings and that loss to the Lions, uh, I showed you that parlay. I almost hit a fucking 12-teamer last week because it was insane. Oh, um, wow. A money line. And the only one I lost was um, that fucking <laughs> Vikings, which is just like, that's a bummer, boys. That's just, well, that that, that was a teaser buster for a lot of people. Bro. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that that's how they got a decent – that's how they got a little bit from the public last week because otherwise it would have been a – Yeah, that, that's why I lost my teaser. Yeah. But, oh, what did that 12-teamer pay? Well, I only bet a four box, right? But it was like three thousand yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Almost a thousand to one, but yeah. Wow. Imagine I was just fucked that day and I was like hundred bucks. Let's go. Bro, that's that's that, that, that that's a goat parlay right there. <laughs> it's a again, boys, like yeah, it ended up working out well. But I mean, um how we do it, like whenever I do a parlay like that, it actually uh Tim, it's my I don't think you've met him, Joe, but it's my friend Benji who doesn't watch football. I call him and I just throw out the names and he picks one and that actually almost worked last week <laughs> oh wow <laughs> because otherwise just start, uh, yeah. start calling glenn folk. well glenn actually watches football he has a bit of bias you know yeah, yeah. that's why he's so good at fantasy football right <laughs> Killed <it. laughs> oh yeah I, I think glenn finishes last in every fantasy league he's no he's actually got a decent record of making the playoffs but he hasn't won anything since i've been playing for him but yeah, yeah. no it's um what a weird and um yeah before we get into the goons guys like me i'm a i'm almost certainly going to make the playoffs in three leagues uh, i just got to clinch one more and it would be so cool if i can uh, tim have you ever done that where let's say you had a few leagues and you won a couple and just finished like dead last in a couple uh in the past i have but this year i'm actually going to make the playoffs in almost every yeah That's uh, eight, eight, Congrats. eight out of nine eight out of nine congrats man just a big one i didn't have i was missing my second round pick so i can't really i'm not really surprised i'm not making the playoffs in that one so with that uh tim uh, we'll start with the goons and since you uh overwhelmingly have been pretty consistent all year you get to go first again so who's your goon of the week so my goon of the week is a player that i've kind of been complaining because he's on my Chargers team. I've kind of been complaining about him because he looks like a fossil out there. But all my receivers are on COVID right now. I don't know who's going to play. So I think Jared Cook is going to have a big game this week. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah, because when you come down to it, Herbert wants to trust somebody on the field, right? And with Keenan Allen gone and 
he's out. He was ruled out. And Mike Williams, I think he still might play, but he still has that COVID designation. So um, not really sure what's going to happen there. Uh, Unvaxxed like, too, but testing yeah. negative so far. Yeah, so he might play, but uh, Keenan Allen, uh, he actually has COVID. But he actually has COVID, yeah. Yeah, but he's That's vaccinated. But yeah, 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 yeah. It, there was a chance he might play, but just because he actually has COVID, I mean, I guess that's yeah. the rules, right? I guess they didn't want to take a chance with the locker room and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically, if those two are both out, he's going to have Jared Cook, who's part of their regular offense, and Eckler. And you can't really, you know, sometimes you do got to go downfield a bit. So I think Jared Cook is going to get like six, seven catches, who knows how many yards and probably a touchdown. Yeah, I honestly, I love that, Tim. I think that's, uh, didn't even really consider that, man, but it's very true. I mean, that's who he's got the most familiarity with. Uh, do you expect Guyton and Palmer to have some big games? Like if well, that's for some it. reason, you know, receiver this week? I think they were saying that they've used Palmer more from the slot in general. So if they have him in the slot, then he will get some work. But um, the Giants do have a good um, slot. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but I was listening to it. They have a good guy that covers the slot. So um, they mm-hmm. might take it away. And I guess him and Cook is going to go half and half. And, and yeah. Because Cook does a lot of routes from the slot. Not one of the faster tight ends in the league, too. More athletic. So. Yeah. And I think even Par- Parham could have a, an okay game. He could have a few catches. I was trying to see if uh, they open any of the betting lines on those players, and they're all closed. I guess they're waiting for Sunday. Yeah. 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 The only guys you could take is Eckler, and uh, I think Mike Williams. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> guys, uh, one of my friends this week, he bet a bet 365 uh, bet builder, and uh, one of the players uh, didn't end up playing, and they void the whole bet after. Even though oh, he I thought they just up. removed it. No, they avoided his whole bet. Okay, so that's good to know, that, guys. Good to I know. I could believe that. Pay attention to that. Who was yeah. this? Dom. He had a oh. two play. He had a two players for two touchdowns, and Thielen's got a touchdown. Thielen didn't play, but he betted earlier in the week, and they avoided his two. Uh, it would have been like a eighteen to one or something. Six yeah, they they yeah. got a so uh, fun fact, guys. You, uh, pay attention to that. If uh, always check to make sure your bet is uh, is live. Uh, so, Joe, what do you think of that, man? Uh, you think Jared Cook's going to go off? I love going with veterans in these situations, bro. I think it's a great read because, look, when you're missing your top playmakers, who are you going to rely on? It's guys that you have confidence in. So I, I love it, man. And I always like Jared Cook. I feel like he makes a lot of clutch plays. Unfortunately, he didn't make one last year against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That, <laughs> that pretty much changed the narrative for the whole playoffs because the Bucs were about to get ruled out of their uh, – uh, out of um, what's it called? Out of New Orleans that night. Yeah, absolutely. No, I like this but, a lot uh, too. I like good. this a lot too. Uh, like Jared Cook is a guy that when you think about it, you're like, how old is this guy? I remember him like he's been around a while, ago. man. Yeah, he's he's look. I'm looking it up right now, bro. Jared Cook is uh, bro. He's 34 years old, man. Wow, really? he's older than us. That's yep. that's we're we're not young young men in, in the athlete yeah. world anymore, boys. So <laughs> but, but he's soon to be 35, but I feel like he's been in the league forever, which kind of makes sense. <laughs> he's still faster than Justin Jackson. That's impressive. <laughs> do, do you guys remember he was the one that made that big catch against the Cowboys the year that they were the yes. number one seed? Yeah, Rogers. Rogers threw that oh. dime on like third and eighteen, and uh he made the catch right on the sideline. Yeah, that was the to- he got his toes in it. Eh? Yeah, toes that was yeah. one of the best catches in NFL history, probably. By far, by far, by far. To set up the uh, the Mason Crosby fifty six yarder or whatever the heck it was. 
So Crazy. Tim, how many how many points were cooked this week? So in a one point PPR, I have him at about eighteen points. I really want. That. I got a, I got Cook rolling in a couple of leagues as my tight end. He's been a pretty good value this year because you got him at the end. Like no one was drafting him, which was kind of yeah. stupid because he's he's one of the more skilled athletic athletes in the tight end position. So, bro, bro, fun fact about Jared Cook. Do you know that in the last two seasons he's had more touchdowns in the last two seasons than he ever had in his whole career? That's crazy. He's like, um, like it's he's crazy. aging like a fine wine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Teams I mean, are yeah. right? When you watch a Chargers game, though, he, he's not the best. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they got a lot. Of, they got a lot of. Weapons, he, he, he's like uh, kind of uh, slow to the like when the ball's thrown right at him, he's slow to like try to catch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's probably but, what his issue is because I remember when he first came in the league because he was so, so fast and big. They're like, oh, this guy's gonna kill it. And then it was remember that Tim? He was always like, Oh, big sleeper, he's gonna be the tight end one, and he just almost never did. Yeah, like but eight he, years in a row, he was a top sleeper pick. Yeah, <laughs> every year. But you're right, Joe. He's actually come up come along his uh in the last years of his career, I guess, which is kind of cool. So yeah, for sure. I would Jared have to agree with that. All right, Joe. So you're up next, man. Uh, who's your goon of the week? My goon of the week is a player that there, there's a bit of a coin flip attached to it because they're like a bit of a, a tandem. And I feel like they need to go to this uh, aspect of the game in order to start winning more games as they ultimately make a push for the playoffs and the division still. Huge Monday night game, boys. But I'm going to roll with Sony Michelle just because I feel like they need to play a little bit more smash mouth, smash mouth football and control the clock against the Arizona Cardinals that are making big plays on offense. I love Daryl Henderson. I just feel like, you know, there was a fumble that I think Sony Michelle had in their first game this season that kind of put him in the doghouse and Daryl Henderson kind of picked up the slack and they fell behind by way too much and uh, ultimately didn't get the job done. But I think the Rams need to make a big push here. You know, I don't know if they're going to win the game. Like, I think it's going to be very tight, but I think the formula is going to be the run the football. I don't think they could have Stafford drop back and throw 50 passes. So no. I think they need to, and the Cardinals defense against the run hasn't been that great over the last couple of Horrible. weeks. Horrible. No, almost the whole season. Yeah, bro, and it's gone kind of under the radar because they're still winning games, but I feel that this is going to be the formula to beat them. Sean McVay, you know, he's a good adjuster. He understands offense, and I think as a whole, not just for this particular matchup, they know that if they want to go anywhere, they need to run the football and take a bit of the stress off Matthew Stafford because we see what happens with Stafford in pressure situations, bro. I'm still flirting with the idea that he's that guy because he still hasn't won, like, some of the signature games that he should have this season. I know he beat the Bucks, but those games against the Titans and, you know, the division rivals, against the Niners and that yeah. real uh, that real unfortunate um, uh, game against the Packers was a little bit underwhelming. So, look, I think that, you know what, roll with the big boy, try to get him to freaking, uh, you know, be part of the big game plan. Maybe he sneaks in a touchdown or two. Let's go with Sony Michelle, boys. Is uh, Tim, is, is Henderson healthy right now? I don't really have him anywhere. Well, he, he didn't play last week. Yeah. He didn't play last week. He's, no. No, Henderson was out last week. Sony Michelle had a good week. Yeah, oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, and this week too, it's uh, I think a game time decision. So okay. yeah, Joe, I actually I love that. I think you're you're spot on. You're right over the target there, man. Where they're gonna have to run the ball to beat this team. Um, we'll get into it when we go to the games, boys. But uh, Joe, I actually think they will win this game. But like I said, we'll wait to talk about that. Well, we need love- to keep it. We need to keep the NFC storylines interesting, right? So I think that the Rams literally winning- that is literally my name, my main focus. It just it just sounds better, you know. For sure. For <laughs> but, sure. Uh, 
And we still haven't seen this Rams defense pop, boys. With all that talent, like, I think it's going to take a while. But, you know, I think we're still forgetting that they got Von Miller, you know, like OBJ on the offensive side. And, you know, uh, obviously, uh, Jay Ram and Aaron Donald are two of the best players at their position in the league. So, we got to they, – they've really been a little bit unimpressive yeah. so far this season. Rams so far, to me, good. boys, Rams to me remind me of the Bucks from last year. You know, it was that team that got all these great offseason signings. They just had the best possible team ever. Kind of had some moments where they looked a little mad, but also had moments when they looked amazing, like that game against the Packers last year where they just absolutely blew them out of the water when people were kind of down on them a bit, you know, because they lost to the Bears and stuff. But so if this Rams team can get it together with a good coach, one could be one of the best defenses if they get continue finding Odell and trying to get him uh, to score, <coughs> then Jefferson, all that. Like, yeah, I, I, I think this Rams team, I mean, I think it can happen, but. Watch out for them, guys, because they've shown they can be the best team in the league, in my opinion. So, bro, that's actually that's a, uh, sorry to interrupt him, but I just want to say that's a great comparison. Actually, right? the only yeah. thing is they need to get that defense rolling. Whereas, the, you know, the Bucks figured it out at the end of the season. They steam. That's what I, I'm going to bank on. Like, if I have to place a bet, I'll, I'll, I'll bet that that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I keep it's, going, it's a nice little man. value play. I keep going back to the fact that this is uh, another comparison in the Super Bowls in LA. And last year, the Super Bowl was in Tampa. You oh, know? good point. Good point. It's Another crazy, point. bro. I, I yeah. was thinking about this the other day. I was like, holy shit. This is, this is like, uh, and um, yeah, well, I guess it's what, Herbert's yeah. home stadium for Herbert, you know? Well, I mean, I, I think we've mentioned this. That's exactly what I think it's going to be, boys. Imagine an all LA Super Bowl, bro. Wow. That, that'll bring up the conspiracy questions about uh, is the NFL rigged? But no, I'd actually, it's again, like, we don't need to go into it, but I think more it's about it tends to in this crazy thing we call life, things like that just tend to happen, you know, almost like like God or whatever the hell you want to. It just seems to always work out that way. So we'll see, I guess. But Joe, Sony, Michelle, I, I think uh, like Tim said, I don't think Henderson's 100 percent. So I think that's exactly what the Rams are going to do. And I guess time will tell. But I, LFG, uh, boys, LFG. And I'll go with my goon of the week. Um you know, I had no idea who I was going to go with, but I uh, was thinking about this entire podcast. And um, last week it was okay with Kirk Cousins, but he probably had his worst game of the year. Still got 20-some points, so there you go. But this week I'm going with Dante Foreman, Dante Foreman. Uh, I think Hilliard and Foreman can both do well, but I just think this Jags team is kind of trash. Um, a lot of people are thinking the Jags might upset here, maybe. But I think regardless, Titans, what, they're getting Julio Jones back. Julio Jones is washed, in my opinion, so... I think they're going to have to rely on that run game. I like what I saw from Foreman as long as he doesn't fumble. And I just think this Jags team is just, uh, fuck uh, Urban Meyer. Horrible. I think he's a horrible human being, to be honest. So, like, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Horrible coach, banging a horrible coach. Definitely a horrible coach, by the way. There's a lot of other questionable things. Regardless, I just, I, I personally, like I said, I know a lot of the smart people are saying Jags are going to cover this game. I don't see it personally, unless the Titans really are fucked. But I think with Julio back, they're going to have to at least somewhat look after him a bit. It's going to, they're going to just do what they always do. The Titans ground and pound, and they're just going to smash it down their throats. So give me Dante Foreman. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top 10 running back this week, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Dante Foreman and we'll see. But uh, regardless, even if it ends up being a close game, I think they're still going to have to rely on the running backs because they don't really got much else going on. Bro, I made my piece that whenever you bet against, sorry, whenever you bet with the Jags, like say a prayer. So it's any play I, against the Jags, I, I love it. Yeah, honestly, like 
we'll, we'll get into this, but uh, the fact that wise guys are on the Jags this week, it doesn't really matter to me. Let's just say that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. I guess division, but and we'll get into that after. But yeah, Tim, um, do you think Hilliard or Foreman? Or you think it's going to be another like uh, in that Patriots game where it's just both? Well, I think they're, they, they're saying more that Foreman would be their primary first, second down back. So if the game go, I, I think Tennessee has to win this game. I don't think, right? you know, they really need to win this game. If they win this game, they're tied for first, right? Yeah, They sure. don't have the tiebreaker, but they're tied for first. And so, uh, yeah. you know, if, if the game's up, you know, if they're up two touchdowns, they're just going to use Foreman. There's no and, point. Because exactly. Hillier did fumble last game as well. I think yeah, they both had. fumbled. That's very true. Oh yeah. So. And don't forget the Colts are creeping up now, right? So they they got to they got to keep a hold on that AFC South. And like I think Titans because they got a little more you know what eight wins is really. Yeah, exactly, bro. Like I think both are going to ultimately make the playoffs. I think the Colts are the, I know Titans beat them early in the year, but in the current state I think Colts it, the, oh, the for the Colts to make the playoffs though, they're probably going to have to beat New England next week. And if they beat I New mean, England, <laughs> huge game, huge game for both teams. Yeah, I I'm not saying that New England is necessarily better or worse than the Colts, but I think it's hard to win that many games in a row, boys. So, good well, spot. New England in the next uh, three out of four games, they have to play the Colts, the Bills, and the Miami again. And that Miami game is going to be for a playoff spot. It's the last week of the year. I think so. I, I so, totally believe so. so. So they could they could almost lose out now. <laughs> I think they have a Jets game or something in between there, but the rest yeah. of their game is. Uh, so it's like, not a it's not a cakewalk. That's for sure. No, it's not. And uh, it's like you said, Tim. The Patriots had a really easy schedule to start the year, but they did lose. I know it was Week One, but they lost that Dolphins team when they ended up going one and six or whatever to start the year. So, who knows, yeah. man? This this Patriots team will see the playoffs. I I'm just gonna say it again. I really feel they're setting themselves up for a loss early on, but we'll, especially if they get that by very similar to the Cardinals. So. All right, guys, so um, we spoke a bit about the Thursday night game, but uh, we're, I said this in the chat. That was such a stay-away game for me last night because I had a feeling the Vikings were going to come up big just because of the situation. Public was on the dog like crazy. But, I mean, look what happened, right? The Vikings almost uh, ended up blowing that game, and the Steelers could have – and honestly, Freyermuth should have caught that ball. I know it was tough, but – he should have caught that. You gotta, you gotta make that catch, bro. You got. He, he got killed, he man. Got wrecked. Yeah, you know, all really the hit on a defenseless receiver earlier in the game, and I think that one was a lot worse than the one they called. So, right. Rumor is after that bullet that uh, Roethlisberger um, has been in a um, a sling all week, his arm. He's been icing it up every day, and he's yet to move it. But hopefully, in the next few days, the old man will be able to move his arm again. Uh, <laughs> Me. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, uh, not much more to say about that. So I guess we'll get started uh, with the locks of the week. And um, I've been, um, I guess I've gone three of the last four, I think, boys. But I apologize, everyone, that we kind of stopped keeping track. But overall, we've been doing pretty well. Uh, we had a couple of bad weeks there um, a few weeks ago and er, maybe a couple of weeks early on this season when the favorites were just coming in hot. But overall, boys, I man. Got to be impressive. There's just three random dudes from LaSalle, Quebec over here. Three Italian boys are, uh, yeah, are fucking, uh, I don't know, Vegas. You better, if we ever move to Vegas, guys, we might have to get proxies to take our bets the way we're going. Fuck. Bro, the wise, guy, the wise guys are starting to freaking hear about us, bro. Uh, for sure. <laughs> and next year, like we said, next year we'll get it organized and we'll join one of the contests, you know? So that'll be fun. 
that we really you know? could uh, yeah because because i listen to those the the serious xm radio shows or whatever for fantasy and they're talking about a huge um a huge survivor pool that they do in vegas it's a thousand dollars a team the thing is is every week you have to be there to make your pick you have to manually make your pick oh my god so we so have to go to they, vegas they this, this, is, where, this is where you need a proxy yeah. yeah and that's what they they have proxies or whatever but yeah you would have to go in person to make your picks every week crazy it's crazy but uh okay boys so i'll start with my lock of the week um this is a disgusting game boys i can't believe i'm going on this side but to me this is just classic classic vegas trying to trap people because why the fuck are the Seattle Seahawks of all teams? I know it's the Seahawks. Why the fuck are they eight and a half point road favorites just because they beat the 49ers? I mean, they have had their number for years. They've been shit all year. So give me the Texans plus eight and a half. And I personally, I think they're going to win this game. Who? Who's going to win? I think the Texans might actually win this game. What, straight up. Honestly, I don't think it matters. Davis Mills almost beat the Patriots. Like, Tyrod Taylor's not been going good. I'm, I'm not, it's the big ticket, so I'm more comfortable with the eight and a half. I'm not sure if they'll actually bet the money line, but I wouldn't be surprised. To me, this is ridiculous. I mean, the Texans are coming off a 31-point loss. Yeah, Davis Mills is in, so now the line even moved up even more. I don't think Davis Mills is one point less than Tyrod Taylor. Texans have been a good covering team all year, and I just can't. This Seahawks team beating the 49ers without Debo Samuel, and to be honest, the Niners could have easily won that game regardless. Um I think it was just a situational win because it, they beat them twice this year. And we know the Niners have been way better. And uh, there's also that trend, a team coming off a cover uh, against a team coming off a non-cover. Uh, so I'll take the team that didn't cover. And they're also a home dog, eight and a half, more than a touchdown. I just, Seahawks might win. Like I said, I, I actually have a gut feeling Texans are going to come out with the win. Um, but regardless, I just think that eight and a half is ridiculous. So I'm going to go with the Texans here. I think the books are, it's crazy to me that this is one of the heaviest, most lopsided sides. Like, why the public all of a sudden are like, oh, I guess because of the Russell Wilson factor. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Seahawks turn a, turn a leaf and they end up going on a run at the end. But well, they're out of the playoffs anyway, in my opinion. So I like the Texans here to cover. Yeah, I think they have a pretty good chance at the playoffs. Really? Really? Well, they beat the Texans this week. They're one game out. Well, there you go. Right? No, I'm just saying, mathematically, that's it. They win this week, they're one game out. That's yeah, why it's going to be a tight race for those the two wildcard spots in the NFC as well. That's why. I mean, you, know, you, got, I didn't you, got, really, you got the, you, you the football team in there now <laughs> at six and six. Crazy. But yeah, it's disgusting, boys. Uh, I've been trying to avoid this disgusting plays, but I just can't. I, I, I think this is well, either the Seahawks, yeah, they come through. But I, to me, like so many people are on the Seahawks this week, and I just, they haven't done anything to justify eight and a half over the touchdown favorites on the road. So I'll take the well, Texans. Well, one thing I will mention as well, Oak, is that if you look historically, I think teams that are under 500 and the Seahawks are well under 500, whenever they're favored by more than a touchdown on the road, I would love to know what that ATS average is, man. Cause I don't think it's very high. They might win the game. You know, they, they honestly, should be, honestly, should Joe? Be favored, but should they be favored I, by more than one possession or at a possession? Obviously? It's uh, well, the books, the books can be wrong here. I mean, they're wrong sometimes, it can't be right forever. But to me, it's like, yeah, all the, this is a sick line. And clearly, yeah. if they end up being right, they're gonna they're gonna be laughing all the way to the bank because, yeah. like, uh, eight and a half in the fact that what 70% of tickets are on the uh, 
Seahawks right now? I was like, okay. Uh, right now, it's just really high. It's one of the yeah, heavier. Uh... All right, so let, let's look at it another way, too, for a second. And I'm not saying it's a bad bet because, uh, you know, Seattle hasn't been kind to me this year. But I'm just saying, if Russell Wilson never got injured this year, we're assuming they'd be better than 4-8. and eight. Well, That's a good What point. would you think the spread would be, right? Because Wilson is getting healthier. You're right. It would be exactly like this. Yeah. So they're basically Russell never got injured. To be honest, Tim, I'm, I don't know about the money line as much anymore. You, you've definitely convinced me maybe they don't win because of the fact that Seahawks might uh, make the playoffs. But, yeah, I just uh, – I I, I'm taking the home dog, eight and a half. Uh, to me, it's like – I'll tell you why I'm a little worried, boys, because to me, I'm, I feel so confident about this. Like, I, I just can't believe it. So, if anything, I'm a little worried because of that. Like, you don't want to ever be too confident, but – yeah, let's give me the Texans. And if uh, plus 275, I think it's a decent money line value. But for the big ticket, it's actually plus know. 320 now. Okay. Well, now that, yeah, because Davis Mills is playing, right? Like, yeah, that's fair. Davis Mills is that'll playing. also lost uh, Adams for the year. So I don't know why it should have actually came back down to what it started. Oh, I see, Tim. I didn't even fucking know that. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, boys, I, Tim, I, I do agree with you, though, bro. I'm, I'm not as thinking that Texans are definitely going to win this one. But, uh, oh, yeah. Like, on, honestly, te- I'd rather take Texans on a teaser than take Seattle on a teaser. But oh, Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing, boys. And they could be right. This could be a week they're right. Uh, but the public right now are saying, oh, look at all those easy teasers this week, boys. Look at all those easy teasers. Easy, easy, tease down all the favorites. Tease down all the favorites. So Joe and I were talking before you came on, Tim, or before your audio came on, that this kind of looks like a disgusting, upset week. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put my I'll put my money on that. So that is my lock of the week. Tim, you can go next because you have a one o'clock game too, right? Yeah. So I was kind of, you know, I was kind of flirting with a few games, and I like I kind of like Detroit before all their players got injured, but I, I settled on this one now. I'm gonna take another divisional game, another road, um, a home dog. I'm gonna go with the Washington Football Team plus four and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. And I just think right now, you know, Dallas is kind of trending down a bit. They have their coach, uh, like, guaranteeing <laughs> win. You know, in divisional games, you, first of all, <laughs> divisional game, you should never guarantee anything because, no you know, how many bad losses have we seen in divisional games? Oh, oh my God. You know, a lot. And especially, you know, the home team, they, they want to win that game. You know, that's like a huge rivalry game to start with. And to me, Washington's the hotter team right now. Heineke is looking decent. Antonio Gibson starting to run run loose on teams. Like, <laughs> no, I know, think he, you're going to be right over the target on that. What you said last week, Tim, two weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, I said he's probably going to end uh, top five for sure. I think it was. Killing it. Yep. So uh, you know, four and a half, more than a field goal. I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll take that. I, mean, I think they're going to win the game. I mean, especially with Melissa McCarthy fucking talking about. Uh, Winning the game. I mean, she was good in bridesmaids, but as an it? <laughs> you know, honestly, Mike McCarthy was still out. With they got to look alike, too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wow. That's if crazy. McCarthy was out, I maybe lean Dallas, but when McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> look, look what happened last week. Joe, look, you're dying, eh? This is crazy. No, no but like, I, Tim, uh, I think they're winning the, the, the Washington's, like the Washington football team. I think they're going to win this game. I don't know, man. It's I see some arguments for the Cowboys from people. There's some trends 
But you, you can find what? a trend to support anything. <laughs> We're seeing Ezekiel Elliott to play. Like, he's really injured. I don't understand why he is even out there. He, he can't do anything with his knee. And Tony Pollard's a better runner to start with. So why are you even forcing him to play? And you know they're going to give him a lot of the carries just because Mike McCarthy is like, oh, he likes to eat. I like to eat. Let's give him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I know we, 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 we've had McCarthy and the Cowboys as our, like, um, pictures for the, the YouTube vid, but I think I'm putting Melissa McCarthy on, on her YouTube vid. Uh, yeah, bro. Vid. That's, that's what. I, I got, like, like Melissa McCarthy's Cowboys or something like that. Or, like, that is so good. <laughs> the thing uh, is, is I hated Mike McCarthy a long time before he went to Dallas. Well, that's really what it is. I already no, no, hated Dallas, so it's yeah. just like I hate him. I hate McCarthy he, more. Personally. You know, I actually happy he went there. Yeah. <laughs> I hated. I think I hated McCarthy more than I ever hated Dallas. I hate Dallas now though because fuck them. Yeah, I, 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 Dallas is weird. Eh? It's like either you love them or you hate them. I just can't stand. Them. I never liked the Cowboys ever. Like I never. I never had liked them. I didn't really ever. care. But I don't. I, I'm with the Jack on Dak Prescott. I find he's overrated. You, you know yeah. what I really do hope Dallas does though is they let uh, Michael Gallup free, like let him go because oh, he so, has bro. so much talent. He would be a top receiver on some teams. You know, agreed. He's great. He had so much talent, and yeah. they they use they barely use him, and you know he's whatever. <laughs> they throw him like some shit, like uncatchable balls that he catches somehow on the sidelines. That's all he does all game. You know. So and um, since I have you on this game, Tim, and you're kind of good with the totals, you have any uh, read on the, uh, what is it, 48, 49? Yeah. Uh, 48. 48. Um, 48, I kind of go over 48 on this one. I hope it's over. I want to see Gibson kill it again. And McLaurin, uh, the Cowboys players, yep. to Gallup. But basically, everyone I have, you know, obviously. <laughs> I, you, you know how I feel about these games, guys. You know, the the, the, um, the divisional game at home, underdog getting more than a field goal. It's it's you know the, the the sharper side is always to go with that home team. I don't care who's the favorite is, and I don't care who's guaranteeing what. You know, uh, he's just a clown of a coach to begin with. And he's <laughs> at home for for weeks, but I, look, it puts more pressure on your team. I don't know, I don't know why you're doing that, but I really like the way that the football team has been trending, man. It's the defense too that's really stepped it up. Heineke's not making as many mistakes, you know, they're controlling the clock well. The Riverboat Ron has been doing a really good job. Funny enough, guys, two teams that Great we coach. were high on, I feel like, at the beginning of the season because of the way they finished the season last year are starting to pick it up at the most yes. time of the season. The Dolphins, Dolphins and Washington. And Washington. You know, yeah. they, they started off completely awful, but now they're playing real defense, which is what their strength was last year. So, I don't know. Maybe mm. it took, uh, you know, a couple of months to kind of, you know, get uh, the chemistry going. But, and, yeah. yeah. Definitely uh, one to of the be honest, in, in the summer, I actually bet Washington to win the division in a few yeah. places. So hey, Let's go, bro. You still have, you have that bet? You didn't cash out? Oh, no, it was on um, Mise au Jure, so it's, you know. Okay. <laughs> you have to dig in online to find it because it's been like uh, over three months ago or something. I, I, I like but that. I mean, someone's going to win. It's one game back. You know? yeah. <laughs> Anything could happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I doubt it's going to happen this way, but I mean, it's possible Washington, Philadelphia, and Dallas all make the playoffs, which is crazy to think about because it's the NFC least. But mm. Probably won't happen that way. Um, okay, so Joe's got a 4 o'clock guy, so we'll go through the other 1 o'clock before we get to Joe. Uh, first game, divisional game, it's... Um, I don't know what... I guess it's because it's Atlanta goes in alphabetical order, but Atlanta's always the first team... Um, yeah, yeah, I think it is alphabetical. Yeah, it's got to be alphabetical. alphabetical yeah. yeah, but uh, we got the Carolina Panthers minus two and a half at home against the Falcons. 
Or, or actually, you know what it could be? They could put it at top. So you bet that game first, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like both teams don't want to fucking throw games with the best of them. The Falcons are just like, if you bet with them, you lose. If you bet against them, you lose. You know, it's just fucking sometimes. There's no, there's no winning, boys. Yeah. But uh, any, any, any feelings on this game, guys? Well, you, you said Cam Newton starting in quarterback? Last I checked. I, 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 I saw not- something that was like uh, Matt Ryan's really bad on the road in divisional games or something. He has like I, one. I would on be surprised. Field, something like that. Really? Eh? Or maybe it wasn't divisional, but it was, it was some sort of stat. That I could go check it. Oh yeah, he but, was a terrible. I, I, so. I know he was always really good in his dome back in the day when they had really good teams. That's for sure. Like at home, uh, it was a real home field to go play in Atlanta. I just uh, the only thing I could say about this game, and um, nothing for my um, fandom of the Panthers. To me, this seems like a contrarian play to take the Panthers here because I swear, man, I, most people are insanely confident that the Falcons are just gonna smash. The Panthers, which to me, it's like these are pretty even teams. And now we're getting that we're getting that uh, hook minus two and a half. So, I mean, I'm not strong in this. I, I, I kind of feel it's a stay away. But I, I, I would say if you're really like, oh, Falcons is a lock. This is ridiculous. I would reconsider that because I think this game can go either way, really. Okay. Okay. Actually, no, the, the stat was just in the past four games. He's one touchdown and five picks, Matt Ryan. Wow. Yeah, he hasn't been great. Well, two on the road, two at home. Yeah, they're they're having hard a hard time driving on that defense, and they don't get pressure on the quarterback. So, look, if the money right now, which for what I'm seeing is on the Falcons, to your point, Oak, I think this is the contrarian play. We're just you know go with the home team. You're getting the hook with the two and a half. You know, Cam had a historically bad game against the Dolphins. I, I think I would like to think he'll play a little bit better than that. If he just doesn't turn over the football, and if they could have some extra time to make some plays because the Falcons don't get to the quarterback and Newton is mobile to begin with, I think yeah. uh, they'll ultimately get the job done. Yeah. Well. M- I guess we'll throw it on if we need to. Uh, like I said, I don't really love it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess it depends how much Cordero Patterson could actually do in one game. Exactly. Oh, he's, the, he's their X factor, right? Yeah. Falcons could easily like, uh, could crush it like uh, public or not public. Like we'll talk, remember what I was going to say, we'll have a little discussion about public backing, uh, I guess at the end of the podcast, but yeah. Okay. So that's an interesting one. Uh, the next one's, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a good game uh, actually, but it's a good matchup. Uh, it's the Browns minus three now. Holy shit. Against uh, the Ravens. Tim, uh, I know you're not a Browns fan, but I feel like you've uh, supported the Browns when you could. What do you think of this game, bro? You know, I think this game has like very, very like high potential to be like a shootout. And it's 42- I hope so, man. It's 42 and a half. I could really see. I could see it going over 60 this game. I think it just depends on how healthy Cleveland's offense is. Yep. Because they're at home, which is the only reason why they're getting that three points, and they have everyone back, you know. I think that's just like their home, like divisional home game. They give them the, the three points. With Chubb and Hunt back, Hunt now had a week off, plus he played the week before. I think their offense should be back to pretty much normal. Like. Yep. The, the most we could expect post OBJ, right? So it's their season two, eh? Like, yeah. Like, uh, Joe, what do you think of this one, man? The, the, the Ravens got to start figuring out how to score, bro. It's uh, become very concerning how Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, we alluded to it a bit earlier, is just not making the right reads and 
really mistake prone right now. And they're much better than, you know, the way they played over the last month or so. I think, you know, obviously they're really, really decimated on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're down like three or four corners. And that was also part of uh, John Harbaugh's argument for going for two, by the way. Apparently they just thought Big Ben was just going to throw a party on them in overtime. But look, you, you know oh, yeah. that they <laughs> special teams is always good with the Ravens. This is a divisional game. You know, historically, it's been very choppy. But uh, we remember what happened on that Monday night game. Yeah, it's a Tim's point. You know, that hit freaking 80. If I'm not mistaken, I think it hit 87 points by the end. Yeah. So. And then their, their first matchup a few weeks ago was very much the opposite. And there being a 16 10. So I actually I like I don't really like the sides here. I think it's sketch, to be honest. Yes. But I actually think. I'm, I like putting over 42 and a half on the, on, on the ticket. I know we don't do that very often, but to me, that's, I don't want to say give me, but that, I, I, that's think that, I think it's the better play. Cause right now on the sides, I'm having divisional games. I always struggle with taking a side. And it's like I said, even though I'm critical of the Ravens, they have been getting wins done. And to me, that's again, like all the good teams have the great coaches. I, I think Harbaugh's great. So uh, yeah, we'll put the over on the ticket. Uh, I like that one a lot. Uh, so we, it's, we're either going to win this or it's going to literally hit like 30 points. Yeah, well, in which case. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, it's going to get like close to that. You know, it's either going to over or way under. I way think under, it's going to be exactly. one of those. It's either we freaking, uh, we <laughs> we hit it by halftime or uh, we're just pulling our hair out of our heads. I have a good feeling about it. Um, okay, next game, we sort of spoke about it. It's the Titans spread now is uh, eight and a half. Like I said, this uh, this opened uh, higher, but there's been a lot of wise guy action on the Jaguars. Um, because of that, knowing that there's a lot of uh, good betters that are apparently on the Jaguars, I don't really feel confident laying 10 points but if you, or eight and a half points. But if you got to be honest, when I saw this, even at 10, guys, I think we spoke about it. I think the Titans are going to – this is a huge game for them. They, I think they're going to blow them out of the water. Yeah, I, I think uh... – Trevor Lawrence actually came out and that, like said we have to start playing James Robinson more. So I think if they do, they would have a better because they're using like finished like back like Carlos Hyde and yeah. ran, finished running backs instead of James Robinson. Like what? Uh, <laughs> what's he thinking? Urban, you know, <laughs> James Robinson was in a pretty elite fantasy running back last year on a garbage team. So yeah. the reason he can't recreate those numbers this year and they're just like using old finished running backs instead of him joe do you like a side here or because like i said i i would have been like yeah titans even though it's a big favorite but there really is like, apparently it's one of the best the most um the biggest wise guy play of the week is, the is it really? well, yeah and I, I, just like, I, could, oh. I could understand why just because of you know like we've seen the titans struggle over the last couple of weeks they haven't been as dominant as they were earlier in the season and i still think they're like look they're a good football team but they didn't win a lot of games by you know less than a field goal this season so you know there's a lot of coin flips that could have went either way and uh, you know when it all said and done they could even look like a mediocre team because of these injuries they so, could lose they, this game i i, I could. can see they, it i can see it don't get me wrong it's just like, it's 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 like i do i have a lot of faith in urban meyer as we were saying a bit earlier i don't know man he's he just looked like a bit of an idiot you know he's too busy hitting on 18 uh, year old girls in bars there but uh, that's what i'm uh, saying bro he's a bad like, guy man. but it's uh but it's it's honestly uh it's it's a lot of points to lay i think i, I know the titans are at home and everything but i i just haven't seen the same team that you know was having a lot of success with obviously their best player Derek henry grounding and pounding the football so Without AJ Brown either, bro. Like, and he's their X factor in the passing game, bro. I don't care what anybody says. He's the Julio Jones is washed. So, like, 
like I said, I think this is more of a stay away just because of all like the fact that Titans probably should, but I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of would have to just like put a gun to my head because of this information. I kind of would have to go Jags. Uh, Tim, would you go Titans? Um, I, I probably wouldn't bet it, but uh, if I would yeah. take something, I would take the Jags on a teaser. Yeah. Oh, on a yeah. teaser. That's, that, that, that's a very nice tease. I agree. Next game. I personally like rate uh, a lot, a lot, but it's the Kansas city chiefs minus 10 against the Raiders. And uh, I'll go last, but uh, Joe, what's your thoughts on this one? All right, so from what I'm seeing right now, the Kansas City Chiefs somehow have been playing like the best defense over the last month, which is mind-boggling. Because insane, bro. It, we were literally talking about how they were on pace to be a historically terrible defense at the beginning of the season. And now it's their offense that's been like, you know, super disappointing. So it's it's a really weird narrative. But Still, boys, still. They've won five in a row, and their offense really hasn't come alive. Which unless is scary, it's a bad right? team. Yeah. Which is scary. But I don't know if there's any team that's really had the Chiefs' number in terms it's of the against the spread. It's definitely been the Las Vegas Raiders over the last It's the Raiders. You know, like throw out that Sunday night game, which I feel like was a bit of an outlier because the Raiders really just fell apart in the second half because it was a competitive game going into halftime. And next thing you know, uh, they just boom out of the park. So I don't know. They're going to come in focused. You know, they, they they put up a good game against the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. They, you know, they have the ability to score and push the ball down the field. I mean, their car, I think, is second in passing yards this season, right? Yep. You know, and that's without Henry Ruggs and, you know, like with all the coaching issues and uh, all the drama that surrounded them. So, you know, look, they have big play potential, <coughs> which is always good because, you know, you could get cheap points. And uh, look, look, if it was closer to a touchdown, I would maybe lay the Chiefs. But I don't know. I feel like that extra hook is uh, is all that much better for uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders in a must win game for them. Right. If they want yeah. to be relevant into the AFC playoff picture. I love I love that. Uh, Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I would lean the Raiders as well for most of the reasons Joe said. I still think the Chiefs will win this game straight up. Yeah, but I I think the smarter bet would to, would be to take the points. Take the points. Yeah. yeah. It's um it's interesting because for what I, uh, because uh, Las Vegas is in Las Vegas, they actually are a very popular. No matter what, they're a popular public play, but because they lost to Washington, for some reason the public thinks they're trash because of what happened earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, pay attention, boys. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Apparently they're off this game now. They're like, fuck the Raiders, hate the Raiders, hate the Raiders. I don't think they are going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to sneak out another win personally. But do you guys remember, like you said, Joe, uh, if there's any team that has the Chiefs number, it's the Raiders. I don't even remember when they weren't good. Like one of the worst teams, they they would play them tough on a, uh, this isn't a primetime, but in primetime games, um, little, Absolutely. not as confident. If this is a primetime, well, actually last time they had a primetime game and they got blown out, right? So I think uh, in the second matchup of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders pull up the off- upset just because of the, the situation. Probably not. But I think that the 10, I don't want to say safe, but I, I, I like that bet. Another non-cover team playing a cover team. Divisional game, 10 points. Uh, to me, the side's clear. Um, if, if it ends up being wrong, it ends up being wrong. But if you're going to put your money somewhere, I go with uh, the Raiders. A lot of stuff going in their favor. And we said it, guys. As dogs, the Raiders are money. His favorites, no fucking chance. But his dogs, they're very good. So give me the Raiders. Also, good also, I'd like to add, Mahomes only has four pass, uh, two passing touchdowns in his last four home games. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. 
It, it is crazy what you said, though, Joe, because That's yeah, so the, ridiculous. the Chiefs D has actually been insane. Like, I, I've noticed, too, like, even when, when they started winning, like, one or two games, like, oh, this defense is looking good. But um, the offense really hasn't done shit, man. It's because of their defense right now, which is – so uh, if this is the game they turn it up, they turn it up, they'll end the Raiders season, I think, for sure, so maybe. But, yeah, I like uh, the Raiders here plus 10, so another one for the ticket. And then um, – I like this next game too, boys. Uh, it's disgusting though. But uh, I like the Jets at home plus five and a half against the Saints. We were talking about them earlier. Kamara is back and maybe that'll be the difference. But to me, this is just a classic Robert Sala disgusting Jets team victory this week. You know, after a big uh, d- disappointing loss last week against an Eagles team. Uh, you can say the same thing about the Saints. They're trying to get the playoffs. But if we're going to go in this situation, I just feel Robert Sala can get those sneaky wins against good teams. Did it against the Titans, get it against the Bengals. The Saints aren't that good anymore, but I just think five and a half on the road. I like the Jets here. And the home dogs this week are screaming at me, boys. So what do you guys think? Oh, home dogs. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't have much faith right now in the Saints team. I think maybe they could turn it around if, you know, they start running the football a bit better and playing defense. But, uh, you know, the Jets are just that sneaky, weird, like, yeah, I never have a read on these guys, man. You know, they're right. either going to get blown up by 30 or somehow be in a competitive game against a formidable opponent. Formidable opponent. So, I, I, yeah, it has to be against a team that, like, everyone would be like, no, no fucking way. I'm seeing that with this team, and there's value because of that, because the Saints are actually, I think it's because it's the Saints. Yeah, I, I, I just got the gut feeling. Tim, what do you think? You know, the Saints have had issues on offense, but their defense has still been pretty decent. That's yeah. right. And and last week, the Jets, right, to start the game against Philly, they scored in their first three drives, touchdowns. That's very true. And it was close. Shut out the game. Best of the game. They got shut out. Not one point. Yeah, so no, that, that, that could be the difference maker. Maybe, maybe we skip I it. I think if Kamara is 100% go, I, I think the Saints They'll will smash win. them, right? And yeah. Cover. yeah. I do worry about that. Um yeah, he's their expert. So uh, we'll, we'll skip it for now. I, I tend to agree. So, Tim, um, I think we're going to have a disagreement here. But uh, you said you wanted to take the Lions plus 10 uh, before the injuries. Uh, so do you still like that with their injuries now and everybody being out against the Broncos? I still can't take Broncos minus 10 and a half, though. That's the thing. <laughs> 10 you know, clubs, baby. <laughs> I... I have they even scored 10 and a half points? Like, I, I don't like it. <laughs> Last week they scored what nine points? They weren't I don't like the, I don't like the half point either. So, it's Bro, a and guys, can we just say something? I think we all watched the Sunday Nighter. They were pounding the rock so well against the freaking Chiefs. And how do you only come up with nine points, bro? Like, that is so, like, I don't know, man. Vic that's off the Chiefs defense. Honestly, that's why I'm, I'm not going to lay the 10 and a half. Uh, if it was nine and a half, I would. I think it's open to that or somebody. Maybe I'm wrong. I actually think the Broncos are going to blow them out of the water here. Uh, yeah, but then again, the Lions have covered three in a row. So, but you know what, though? Like, Teddy Two Gloves is playing injured. Drew Locke wasn't that bad, was he? I don't no, remember him being I, I don't that think bad so. We where a guy him. has to play limping around on the field instead of him. Crazy. It's wild. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, skip uh, this game for now, too. It's just too, I don't know, unless you guys really like a side here. But like, I would go Broncos. Uh, again, it's that trend that I'm really liking to play. A team that didn't cover in the Broncos against a team that covered in the Lions. 
Um, well, look, we, we, we yeah. also know that, you know, Denver is a tough place to play in. And, you know, Jared Goff historically on the road hasn't been that great. And th- these lines just find a way to lose. So, you know, that the, you know, yeah. the, the likelihood is they're not going to win the football game. So if they're not going to win and you're it's hard to back win, them, it's hard to back them. And if they're going to struggle to score points, like, you, you know, that Broncos defense is liable to make a play at some point, short fields. It's it, it could turn into a disaster. You know, it could literally be like that game they played against the Jets earlier in the season where they won like what, 24 to seven or something like something like totally that. Be yeah. Something like that. So that's the thing. I actually think it's weird because the Broncos at the beginning of the year overrated because of who they played. Then they kind of came back, came back down to earth, but then they had a big game against the Cowboys, which I actually think was more, a testament of the Cowboys being overrated rather than the Broncos being underrated. But yeah. now it's kind of like, it's kind of like, are the Broncos really good or the Broncos shit? I think it's kind of somewhere in the middle, but again, like, even though, yeah, there's a lot of pointing to the Broncos. Uh, I'm kind of with Tim in the sense, like 10 and a half points. Like that's a lot for a Broncos style team to cover, you know? So it's yeah, a yeah. stay away because of that it's, it's, it is a stay away game. It's tough to back on both sides. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, Tim, I'll let you start with this one. Uh, your chargers. In the COVID-19 uh, showdown, apparently. Um, uh, what is it now? The spread? Eight and a half? Nine and a half? Ten? Nine, nine and a half. Nine, nine and, and a half. half. Chargers are favorite. Yeah. Um, uh, so they- back for this game because he, he missed most of last game with a concussion or something. Well, he was out with a concussion, but he actually cleared the concussion protocol during the game. They just didn't bring him back, I guess, because of the score at the time. So... Just just missing Keenan Allen for now and maybe Mike Williams against Mike Glennon. The Chargers really do take advantage of four quarterbacks. So uh, I think so. Amen. I, I like the they, nine and a half. I really yeah. like the nine and a half. What do you think? Guys, my lock is Mike Glennon over two and a half turnovers. Surprise. The line is only half. The line's only half. Really, bro? Slam it, slam it, bro. I did. For I sure. Think I, I think I was more looking to, to to back the Giants in a disgusting cover when Jake Fromm was gonna play. To be honest, that that would just be a more like, oh, I can't believe they covered type thing. Yeah. And that may st- that may still happen. That trend is favoring the Giants here, but nah, I think the Chargers. Look, um, maybe they go back to Charger ways, and they and the winning by only a few when it's disgusting and the Giants, you know, they've been kind of uh, parlay busters this year, especially when you're off them. I don't, but I think this is a game that the Chargers, if they want to fucking show that they're a playoff team this year, they got to win this one by a lot. Yeah, um, you gotta take start care making the run. They got to start making the run now. In my, you got to take care of business. But in all seriousness, the way I see it is that offensive line for the Giants has been detrimental to them for the last couple of seasons. And the Chargers have a serious pass rush. So if everybody's healthy and they can get after Mike Lennon, force them to mistakes, that's what happens. You know, you get your cheap points and next thing you know, it's too much of a margin to come back into the game. And do you really trust Mike Glennon? He's just going to be more mistake prone. And I, I really feel like they're going to struggle to, you know, keep up with the pace, even though the Chargers do have some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Well, better teams find ways, man. I really think that, you know, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes to back over a touchdown, but no, I, I, day, we're on that. We usually have, we actually have done pretty well on, on favorites when cause yeah. we don't take a lot. We don't take a lot. Right. So correct. Correct. So I like this one um, again. Also the line's good boys. We always talk about, look at the line, not at the teams. If it was 10 and a half, then I'd start saying, ah, oh, this is going to be a random giants cover because of that hook, but the hook's going the opposite way here too. So yeah, we like the Chargers. Um, all right, Joe, you're up, bro. We're in the 
We're now in the four o'clock game. So what's your lock of the week? All right. So let's lead with my lock of the week, which is uh, very surprising for somebody like me that loves my underdogs. And I think this might be one of the first times this season that I do back a favorite, if I'm not mistaken, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, boys, I'm going to roll with my boy, Kyle Shanahan and porn star, Jimmy and the San Francisco 49ers minus the one and a half on the road at Cincinnati. So my logic for this is very similar to what I just described for the uh, the Chargers against the Giants. I think that the 49ers having a top 10 pass rush, getting after probably one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive line in pro football and Joe Burrow is going to force him to obviously make some pretty fast plays. And he's been very mistake prone this season, bro. I think he has the most turnovers out of any quarterback, 14 picks and I think two fumbles causing some short fields. And we know that Mike, sorry, Kyle Shanahan loves to control the clock, run the football, take advantage of your mistakes. And if they win the turnover battle, I think it's an easy cover. I think they might cover up to seven points. And look, I like the Cincinnati Bengals. I love what I'm seeing out of the offensive side, but you got to protect Joe Burrow. If he's going to be that guy, and if he's going to make a case to be a top 10 quarterback in this league, you got to put some pieces around them and you got to give him time to make those plays. And he's doing it, you know, to his credit, you know, having been sacked, I don't know how many times this season, but I think that the 49ers at its core is actually a bit of a better football team. They just play in a tougher division and a tougher conference. Hence why they're the favorite here. But uh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, close to a pick em game, if they were laying three, I'd probably stay away. But minus yeah. one and a half, I feel comfortable that they cover by somewhere between a field goal and seven points. And this is a big game for them, right? We know that that NFC wild card seeding is very open right now. Yep. You know, they're currently in a playoff spot, but they, they want to stay competitive. And if they want to keep their spot, they're definitely going to have to rack up the wins. Whereas I feel like the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, are, uh, are going to struggle. You know, uh, whenever Joe Burrow gets pressured, he makes mistakes, man. We've seen it uh, week in, week out here. Tim, are the Cincinnati Bengals the most inconsistent good team in the league? <laughs> well, they're inconsistent. Are they good? I don't know if how good I, they are. You know what I mean? Like, not a, yeah. like a playoff yeah. team, I should say. Yeah, right no, they're, they're a good average team. Yeah. Playoff. You know, like, no, normally... A team that's seven and six, right, at home against a team that has a worse record, they should be favorites. But yeah. there is a lot of holes on that team. They which actually were. Hard. They were. They, were. Favorite. they opened as two and a half point favorites, so it would have been a lot better if we would have gotten the line at plus two and a half. I thought that was massive value there. Yeah. So, so here's another. Yeah. Or is somebody ruled out? Is Mixon playing? No, apparently, and this is on our saw on your side, Joe. Apparently, that was all sharp action that moved that line. So yeah, that means. That that means I thought it was because, but I also think Tim. I have a feeling Burrow's not as good as as they're saying because yeah, sharp sharp movements, but that's a lot of movement. Yeah, Probably no, but for, but the Bengals do have a very terrible offensive line. Oh, it's disgusting! disgusting. It's they're really disgusting. Bad. disgusting. Like, yeah, I I love this Joe uh, Niners to me. Uh, one of the, one when they were dogs, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, I don't think I think they're way they're one of the top teams with Debo. Without Debo, it's a little different. But uh, yeah, this Bengals team, uh, guys, streaky and inconsistent. They win two in a row, then they lose two in a row, and they win three in a row, lose lose a game. You know what I mean? So I uh, I think they're on a the, they're gonna lose this one too. So give me, I think Niners win by I wouldn't say handily, but they win by a touchdown in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I'm going to roll a porn star Jimmy. I think if they don't put the game into his hands, run the football a little bit well, I know Debo Samuel's out, and obviously that's a big piece of their offense, but I, I just is think... Debo out? Oh, is he coming back this week? I didn't even I check. Oh, he's back this week. 
Always well, there you go. That, that's all the more reason to back them, bro. If you Eli, back, Mitch- okay. Eli Mitchell's out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh but, shit. Okay. Yeah. Sucks, but you know. But they all. But Jeff Wilson and uh, Hasty are both back. So yeah. yeah. So they, they got two backs. Back. They got two. For sure. I just think that they have the better coach too, right? You know, like, look, I'm very critical of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, we are. We we are. But, with yeah, his absolutely. game management, and he's showed it in two Super Bowls where he literally blew both. But uh, he, he constructs good game plans, and if there's anything that he's really, you know, what, what his strength is, is understanding how to clock manage and basic – well, sorry, not how to clock manage, but, you know, take the ball out of the yeah. hand by running the football. Unfortunately, he doesn't do that when he has leads, but more often than not, uh, I trust his coaching. And it's funny you say uh, game management, guys, because uh, you know who's due for a fucked up game management uh, situation because he hasn't had one yet this year? Zach Taylor, because he's oh, known man. for being a fucking moron. He's actually, uh, I don't think he's got one yet this year. Maybe I'm wrong. So uh, uh, As far as I can think of, not really. <laughs> Niners by, I know I said touchdowns, but I could totally see Niners by a field goal and like a 20-point comeback or something like that to win yeah. the game. I, I love this. I love this. And then... Um, since we all maybe we won't this time. Um, actually, no, wait, there's another game that I actually really like. We might have to go eight if uh, you guys agree with me. Um, because it's going to be tough to back, but we've been critical of both these teams. But we got the Tampa Bay rigging it for Brady to get MVP, Buccane- the Jared Buccaneers. <laughs> no, no, like no, 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 guys, this is the best one the Tampa Bay Jared Buccaneers. <laughs> Anyway, I got to send this podcast, but um, okay, guys. So the spread is three and a half. Very uh, to me, these are the uh, the AFC and maybe even the NFC equivalents of each other in some ways. Maybe Bucks have a way better record. I think in this situation, despite how almost actually because of how bad they looked, but I got to give we we spoke about. It. I got to give it to the the wind and Belichick some credit for that. I think the Bills are going to win this game uh, with the Bucs uh, really shit um, secondary right now. they got a lot of injuries. Nothing against the Bucs, but I think if we're getting three and a half, uh, this game means way more to the Bills. Bucks are due for a loss. We're talking about how lucky they are to have covered, so if we're getting the hook, plus three and a half seems nice to me, and I know it's hard to imagine. Again, that same trend is favoring us here, uh, non-cover against the cover. So I actually like the Bills here, but I'm holding my nose saying that. Uh, what do you guys think? Bro, I, I was actually going to go with this game as my lock of the week, but I said I'm not going to go against Tom Brady two weeks in a row. It's tough, but, I, yeah. but, but But your handicap is spot on. I think that this game means a hell of a lot more to the Buffalo Bills than it does to the Bucks because the Bucks are really in control of their division right now. I know they have Brady, and he's the ultimate X factor in pro football, but the Bills are just really flirting with the potential of not making the playoffs right now, which is really surprising because so many big analytics guys have them as the best team in the AFC. And they might not make the postseason if they you know get this loss right now. They're going to be out of the playoff picture. Yeah. Well, they absolutely need to put their A game. They're definitely getting a lot of backlash by their own media right now for how they oh lost. My, I heard that game. too. I heard they're getting fucking uh, yelled they're, at on the radio, bro. Bro, they're getting massacred because, <laughs> you know, and, and we know how that fan base is in Buffalo, right? They're freaking, they're, they're rowdy and they're freaking raunchy. So at the end of the day, you know, look, they, they deserve some criticism. They're a much better football team than they've shown on their record this season. And frankly, if you really, really, really want to make a case to even try to win the AFC, you know, you don't win this game. Forget it. Throw that out the window. So you're going to have to go on the road to win all your games. And it's a tough path to the Super Bowl. So if Josh Allen is that guy, he's got to go total, total Brady in this game. And they got to take advantage and exploit some of their weaknesses right now, which is in that secondary to your point. 
Like, and to Tim's point, they got to freaking learn how to run the football, bro. You're not they're, winning a chip without fucking, running the ball. They're, they're so shit. Yeah. Their running backs are crazy. Come on. Yeah. Show me a team that's won the Super Bowl without running the football, and I'll give you like $1,000 right now, bro. It does not happen. Does why not can't happen. Allen run it more? I don't well, understand why. They trying to, sh- like, I feel like sometimes it's like, oh, well, you know, we got to, we got to show that he's like a, a passing quarterback. It's like, I think he's shown that he could throw the ball like, like a boss sometimes, but at the end of the day, winning is what matters. So I feel this guy needs to run more. Fuck, fuck Singletary. Fuck Moss who doesn't even play sometimes. I know. I know. It's, it's like, <laughs> they're such, they're so useless in fantasy. You never know what the hell these guys are going to do. It's like, and then more often than not, they just like completely abolish the run game. It's ridiculous. It's uh, give Allen more. Honestly, you're, everyone's calling him a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback, I've even heard. And I, I like Josh Allen. I think he's great. Uh, he's shown me he's great at certain points. So put it on his shoulders now. If you want to make a run, I mean, to me, this is a playoff team still, I think. But not if they don't win this game, to be honest. I know this is a good team, but Tim, what oh, do you bro. think? Yeah, yeah uh, Joe, say what you're going to Sorry, Joe, yeah. say what you're going to say. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I was just going to say, like, just put, let's put it into perspective here. You fall to seven and six and your next game is at New England. Like, dude, you're looking at like really not making the playoffs. That is scary. You're getting, yeah. they might end up a 500 team if this, if they don't win this football game, this is so critical for the season. And win a, win decide. Actually, I think as I know, we, we said the wind helped the Patriots in that game, yeah. but I actually think the Patriots actually probably have even more of an advantage without the weather too. So I agree, Joe. So yeah, yeah Tim, what were you going to say? Wow. Guys, breaking news right here. Elijah Shit. Moore, done for the year. Okay, wow. so f- there you go. No, the Jets are now... Oh, Jets are... Fuck. No, Gee. that... Damn it. That Honestly, that... Yeah, I don't have him anywhere, but I just feel sad because he was actually... Tim, like, you know... That I, you have I, him in a I had him on a lot of teams. This is actually yeah. really bad. This is uh, unfortunate. Uh, he, probably somewhat replaceable because of his draft spot, but this guy was... was Wide receiver one numbers, wide receiver two numbers. So absolutely. What happened, Tim? Uh it says quad injury. They put him on IR, so that means he's done three weeks now. Fuck. And uh, uh, you know, there's, there's three a, weeks left. <laughs> there's always the playoffs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the Jets fans. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's unfortunate. Uh all right. So yeah, but um Fuck, that sucks, man. Elijah Moore, one of the great stories of the year. Kind of an underrated rookie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think of this game, though, Tim, with the Bills plus three and a half? And the, against Give me the Bills. Give Bills me Mafia, baby. We might be crazy, guys, because we do have a lot of criticisms with the Bills here. But I like it. when when keep, If you ask, like, uh, ask Joey Dean what he wants, he's going to say, well, the Bills suck, so we're going to go with the Bucks. <laughs> Oh, bro! You know? I think he, I, I think he took the path, <laughs> the, the Bucks this year uh, this week on his parlay. I wouldn't be surprised. Fucking three and a half. Man. He Come must on, be a lot though. Every week he bets against his uh, Steelers. No, what's he gonna do this week? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, uh, Tim. And that, that's the team that fucked him last week. Ironically, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and then um, okay, the Sunday night game. Uh, do you guys like maybe? If I think this is another favorite, uh, favorite a team that. Honestly, it's just been incredible against the spread and in general. And, you know, maybe we're a little biased. I, I, I'm a bit less of a Packers fan than maybe you guys are, but I've always liked them. always like Aaron Rodgers, too. So maybe we're a bit biased. But 10-3 and three against the spread, who gives a fuck, right? You can be biased so you want. They, the numbers don't lie. Guys, 
history tells us Packers are going to absolutely obliterate the Bears. I don't give a shit if Justin Fields is playing. Uh, minus 12 and a half. No, they're going to win by three, at least three touchdowns. 21. So I actually think, uh, like, again, it's better for the hedge, too, but I like the favorite here. Packers minus 12 and a half. Uh, we'll start with Joe. What do you think? Final score, Packers 48, Bears 3. There you go. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Nah, you know what? Look, we know Aaron Rodgers has absolutely owned the uh, the Chicago Bears, and he's gotten a lot of uh, pushback for what he said in that first game. I don't know if you guys saw. He actually did say that I still own you, you know, when he scored that uh, running touchdown. I only and, see facts there, bro. Oh, bro, he's Should 22 he? He's yeah. 22 and five against the bears, bro. <laughs> like that's just uh that's a statement right there. And like I said, they got some pretty good teams once upon a time with Jay Cutler and uh, you know, those defenses with the uh, freaking uh, Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs and uh, uh, Pete, uh, what's his name there? Uh, Tillman. Like they had some pretty decent teams. Like they made an AFC champ. Sorry. Absolutely. NFC like, but Rogers always found the way he's, he's really like, it's very much like Brady against the bills and Ben Roethlisberger against the Browns. So, you know, there's just that team that, you know, the, it's your kryptonite, right. And the Packers are the bears kryptonite in the Rogers era. So look, it's, it's a lot of points to lay, but they have been great against the spread this season. They're coming off a bye. They're playing at Lambeau field where they're undefeated this season. So all their trends are telling you, you know, bet the Packers, they should win handedly. And the Chicago bears are just a, they're a dumpster fire, right? We don't know what we're getting week to week. You know, they started Andy Dalton last week, this week, they're starting Justin Fields. They're struggling to score points, you know, and that freaking Packers defense has been super, super, you know, on the rise with all the injuries, bro. No Jair Alexander, no Zadaria Smith, you know, they're yep. getting a good pass Killing rush. It. They're absolutely killing it. And I think that they're still probably the team to beat in the NFC if they could just pull it together when it comes to the postseason. And if they could just support Aaron Rodgers a little bit by not allowing 40 points in an NFC championship game. So, look, you guys know I'm super biased, but I would lay the points with the Packers and very seldom do I lay more than a touchdown in the NFL. But I only lay, I only lay, actually, to me, man, ever since even when I was a younger betting, Packers have been money as big favorites from what I remember. I actually do well with the Packers when it comes to this favorite. Especially at Lambeau Field. And against division opponents. It's like they, I don't know, bro. From what I remember, they most of the time, except apparently the Vikings this year, but that was a, they needed that game. Uh, yeah. Didn't the, well, yeah. So Vikings won that. Reception that was overturned. That was a little bit Fugues, but Yeah, exactly. It's Fugues. Uh, Tim, what do you think about this one, man? Is uh, Rogers going to continue to own them? Um, there, There's nothing really going in Chicago's favor here. They're getting a few injured players back, but. Not really, like Justin Fields isn't a game changer right now. I think Alan Robinson's supposed to come back, so yeah, he's a good receiver, but is that really going to change anything on defense? Uh, they're pretty banged up, Chicago. So yeah, I, I think the Packers are just going to have their way with them. I think so too. And and okay, look, this is speculation, guys. So don't take too much of this. But looking at all the other games on Sunday, man. Okay, so Falcons live dog very easily can win. Ravens are a dog very easily can win. Washington or a dog very easily can win. Uh, Jaguars, you wouldn't say they're very easily to win, but there's wise guy action on them. So maybe with the, how the way the Titans are, they could pull that off. And then the Raiders have, have had the Chiefs number, another potential big upset. Unlikely, but you never know. It's definitely a little more possible than other times, other spreads this year. Okay, the Jets, now without Elijah Moore, that might be a lost cause. But that would even let's say the Jets, they come through with a disgusting win because the Saints suck. Let's say the Texans, uh, again, I probably more likely to cover. Like I said, Tim, you've got me thinking about the money line there. But let's say the Texans even win. It's possible. I don't think every single 
favorites going to come in up until that uh, the night game. But it's definitely possible that a lot more uh, underdogs are going to come in uh, and actually win outright. So if that's the case and we're coming into the Sunday night game, we're only like a couple of favorites, even one or maybe even none in a crazy scenario. Well, then you got to go with the Packers, right? And I actually think it's looking at this card. It's looking like that could be what it ends up being. And uh, to me that, I don't know, guys, again, that's speculation, but yeah, I just, um, the only thing going on against the Packers is public support with them, but that hasn't really mattered this year at all. So give me the Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers, can he make a case for MVP bro? Or they just want to give it to Tom Brady. Well, I probably just, yeah, it's maybe the stats aren't there compared to, uh, yeah, the problem is he doesn't have the stats, but bro, every year he's number one in touchdown to interception ratio. Matt Flair should win coach of the year and MVP. Yeah. I saw something where Matt Lafleur through his first like 40 or 50 games or something has the highest winning percentage in NFL history. How ridiculous is that, bro? Insane. No, I, I want Rogers to win even without getting too much into the nitty gritty of it. I just want Rogers to win to shut up the fucking media too. With everything that's happened to him this year, oh, that'd be great. But anyway, whatever, who cares? Um, and then uh, probably the best game of the week is for Monday. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so we won't put on the ticket, but uh, it is. Uh, we spoke about this a bit. Cardinals minus two and a half against the Rams. I've said it already, but I think the Rams win this game outright. And it's kind of similar to what we said about the Chargers, maybe the Bills. A lot of these teams, if you you got to start your runs right now. So I think the Rams kind of are starting to put things together again after a three-game a losing streak. Cliff Kinsbury, yeah, you know, he's okay. He's definitely a bit better than what I thought he was, but I think the Rams win this game all right. So two and a half. Don't love the line, but no way Bucks are going to get that three and a half. And I think there's a reason why it's two and a half. To me, this is kind of trappy a bit. Uh, I think the Rams are going to win. So the two and a half might suck in some people more on the Cardinals. Cardinals aren't great favorites either, but I, I think Rams win this. What do you think, Tim? You know, I kind of like the Cardinals still. Oh, okay, cool. Kyler no, I love this. Bro. Yeah, Kyler Murray looked good last game. He's getting healthier. He ran the most. I think he ran all year, right? He had two passing, two rushing. For on the Rams side of the ball, Stafford he's playing injured, and yeah, you that see, is true. you see when he, you know, definitely see it. He has so many bad interceptions on his own twenty yard line this year. Yeah, and. Every game he's done one, they've they've lost. Those are the games he's lost. When he was healthy, they were killing it. But he's not healthy, so yeah. you know that's why the spread is what it is. And uh, to be honest, I think the Cardinals should be like maybe like minus four and a half. I think it should be more than a field goal this game. I, I actually know um, if you're uh, when I did my lines, uh, yeah, four, because I think they're one point on my ratings better than them. So if you, if you get the three points, which I don't know if that's really a thing anymore, but, uh, but I, I yeah. do, so four. Yeah, but like, uh, I, you know, I'm not Matt Stafford's friend. I don't know how healthy or unhealthy he is, but if he's been, if he plays as unhealthy as he's been playing, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they'll win. But if he's healthy this week, then yes, they have a good chance to win. Yeah, but well, that's a good Cup, point. a little banged up. He has an injured toe or something. Yeah, I, no, that is very true. Um, So Joe, I like what you said about the running game. Is that the only, you think that's what is that, like you said, that's what they got to do to win this game. The key is to limit Kyler Murray's possessions. He was playing at an MVP caliber before his injury this season. And one thing that they were doing that was frustrating as hell to watch. If you were backing their op the opposition in any games that they played this season, bro, I think they were like number one 
on third down conversions by like 10 or more yards. And that was always on the strength of Kyler Murray's legs or just making ridiculous plays with like D hop or being like wide open. And even AJ green was making some big plays this season. So look, they've been yeah. very good this season in all facets of the game, but right now their biggest weakness is, you know, defending the run. So if, you know, I like to think Sean McVay is, you know, they're giving him the status of the boy genius and whatnot, but like, you know, okay, he's made a Super Bowl, but you have to back it when it comes to your matchups and you have to ultimately, and this is what Bill Belichick is so good at guys. He's always going to make the game plan surrounded around what you don't do best and take away what you do do best. And that's why the Patriots dynasty lasted for so long. And that's why they're still good now without Tom Brady. So I think good coaching really focuses in on how we're going to attack you. And, you know, if Matt Stafford is banged up, the only, not the only way, I shouldn't say the only way, but the biggest chance for them to ultimately make a push at winning this football game is limiting Kyler Murray's possessions, running the ball down your throats, controlling um, uh, the clock, and look, just being, you know, very critical on your uh, on your third down plays and, you know, cashing in on those red zone opportunities, which they didn't do the first time they played them this season. They settled for too many field goals and, you know, Kyler Murray blew the game out of the water. But I mm. understand the logic in wanting to back the favor here because it is under a field goal and they've yep. been the better football team this season. Let's be candid. Yeah, I mean, I think the Rams have shown that they can be the best football team. We said that. But yeah, the Cardinals, even to us guys, like we haven't been that critical of the Cardinals. You know, we've given them their props as, as it's gone along. But I think the Cardinals, even though they're 10 and 2, have just been criminally underrated. I think they lose in the playoffs right away, personally, but that's just my opinion. But I think they are criminally underrated. So, you know, Tim, I, I, I'm not gonna, I would still lean Rams, but I, I, I totally agree. This is going to be one hell of a game, guys. And then the last thing, Tim, 51 and a half. Is that too low? Um, yeah, I think if you like the Rams, that's too low. I think if you like the Rams, that's definitely too low. Absolutely. But yeah. uh, do you think it's an under if Cardinals blow them, well, not blow them out, but get the cover? Because the last time they really held the Rams, nothing like 14 points, something like that. So, uh, you know, if the game ends 34 14, that's under, right? But I think the Rams will play harder because they kind of need this win too. For sure. That's the thing. And guys, let's not forget about that trend, right? Before their loss this season, they absolutely owned the Cardinals over the last eight games. They were 8-0 or something. That is a, that's a big thing, yep. Yeah. yeah. They, so they, I, they, I think this game will go over. Yeah. I, well, I hope so, man. That uh, Also, the Unders have been doing pretty well lately, I think, on primetime. Maybe I'm wrong. Overall, this season, I think they've been pretty good. So I'm hoping for some overs. Yeah. But, that was uh, more exciting, right? Okay, guys, uh, well, we have a little discussion to end the podcast in a sec, but we'll go through the ticket. We got my lock of the week is the Texans plus eight and a half against the Seahawks at home. Tim's lock of the week is the Washington football team plus four and a half. Other uh, 1 p.m. Uh, games or totals. We like the over 42 and a half in the Browns Ravens. We like the Raiders plus 10. Uh, and then going to the four o'clock games, we like the Chargers minus nine and a half. Big Cousin Joe's lock of the week is the very rare uh, road favorite, but he's taking the Niners minus one half against the uh, Cincinnati Bungles. We got the favorite Packers, our, our boys, who've just been coming in all year. And then uh, that, sorry, I forgot to mention this. We also like the Bills plus three and a half. So another eight teamer, guys. We're going to hit one of these one of these days, you know. So hopefully eight, this four, is. Four, eight, baby. We will win. win. We will win. We got this. We got this. So. The last dis discussion, guys, uh, what I wanted to talk about is something I've noticed. Um, and for guys like us, young guys who kind of started betting probably when we we're like, you know, well, I've been betting since pretty much since I was eight. My dad would put them in, obviously. But I mean, like, let's say since we we're like uh, 
or uh, young adults, teens we've been betting. And back in the day, yeah, they're, they're, it was, we're living in the internet age and uh, we could still get more information than it was in the 70s where all you had was the, uh, the paper to look at, right? And there, we've had, I think, for a long time now, uh, access to uh, information like uh, the betting public, where they're betting, uh, the percentages and stuff like that. And I still think it's a really um, good thing to um, consult. But I've noticed somewhat last season, but way more this year, the public is talking about this now. They'll say things like often on Reddit, especially like I noticed, I've, I've always said Reddit's a good, um, it's a good um, show. It shows you kind of like where the public's going. And I've noticed guys, to me now, it's become a little bit too square when a lot, a lot of uh, the public now is talking about, oh, uh, the public's on this team, so I got to go the other way. And usually, um, they still end up losing overall. And I think the reason is because, and I, I even used to do this when I still wasn't, um, when I was a little less experienced, you know, you just take a team because it's against the public. And I think there's just a lot more to be said about this. And this year, it hasn't been, it used to be, oh my God, like that would almost be a lock. Like if there was a team getting 80%, against a team getting 20, it's almost was a lock, no matter what, what you thought. But this year, it's not so cut and dry. And uh, Tim, I'll say one thing, man. I know this is a little um, left field, but to me, it reminds me of the whole GameStop type scenario, you know? It's almost like the public or the retail investor or the regular Joe is kind of like shoving it back at, at, at the big guys and realizing their game a bit. So I don't know. I just wanted to have a little bit of a discussion, guys, like, how much longer before betting against the public is just not even going to matter anymore because everyone's just knows about it. So they're going to, the books are going to have to adjust their lines even more. Well, Tim, you want to lead off on this or do you want me to? Uh... Oh, you, you can lead off on it. Okay. So there's a couple of points I want to make on this. The first thing that I want to outline is that when we're looking at the public percentages is that the public would, by definition is recreational betters. So, you know, we, we made not a couple a lot of, of jokes. We, exactly. We made a couple of jokes about my buddy, Joey Dean. My buddy, Joey Dean doesn't follow the stats. He doesn't really follow trend. Like he just like, he just looks at a team and more often than not, he jumps on a favorite because they're just the better football team by definition. Right. Yeah. But what we don't account for a lot is the spread. And what we've said a lot on this podcast is when we're betting on football, professional football, we're betting on a number. We're never betting on a team. So it's where we deem that there's value. Whereas recreational betters just look at a team. They don't look at the spread and they don't factor in certain variables such as, you know, players that are playing, uh, you know, trends from the past, divisional matchups, et cetera, et cetera. And what a lot of the wise guys like to do to my second point is they like to be contrarian because they don't want to back a team that's, you know, getting a lot of heavy action because they don't factor in a lot of those variables. So yeah. that's a big thing. And, you know, moving forward, I don't think it's going to get to a point where, you know, public betting is not a thing. I just think that, you know, like, yeah, as, as the public gets a little bit more accustomed to looking at these types of percentages, maybe it might influence a line here and there. But, you know, there are certain algorithms that a lot of the wise guys look at. And to my third point is that what we, you know, tend to, you know, fail to realize sometimes is that the NFL is really increasingly becoming a week to week league, guys. And we see it with oh the parity, yeah. especially in the AFC. So with the public you know, against the wise guys and the Sharpies do a lot is they become prisoners of the moment. And when That's you're a prisoner it. of the moment, you look at what happened last week and think, oh my God, they just won by 30 points. They're just going to cover so handedly in the next game. It's like, no, there's so many variables that go into a pro football game. Let it be weather. And like I said, divisional rivalries are big. 
And it ultimately always comes down to the points. So, you know, why do we as Sharpies like to go with the points is because there's always value in getting points. Usually there is. Yeah. Usually. Yes. Usually not always, but usually, you know, and I'm just, you know, in my experience in betting over the last 10 to 13 years, it took me a while to realize this, but getting points and starting a game with, you know, getting spotted a certain amount is so much more valuable than, you know, having to lay and chase a game and, you know, to ultimately cover a spread where, you know, you get silly things that happen at the end of the game that, you know, comes with the backward cover. Anyways, we could talk about this for days, but those are yeah. the three main points I want to tell one. And uh, sorry, Tim, I'll, I'll let you uh, say your piece too. But another thing I think, Maybe it's just because of our experience too, but on your point about the value, what it also could be, and what maybe I'm realizing why I'm bringing this up this year, it's it might be more just on the fact that the value usually ends up happening to be a contrarian against the public pick because of what you said they 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 can't see the value they just see what they saw last week right, and I've noticed too I usually always took the dogs because again like home dogs and the value. Um, and uh, the public usually was off them. But this year I find I'm taking even way more dogs and re- and also getting better at realizing, oh, shit, this is this is upset value right here. Like this is this is where an upset could happen, you know? Course, so, I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be it's not going to be like we're going to have some years. We're going to be a holy shit. We took a lot of favorites this year. But uh, in general, I find I've taken way more dogs. And Tim, I, I don't know, bro, what you always used to bet um, since we've been friends and all. But I find even you, man, um, your style, I know you, you still hit those road faves, but I find your style has is, is changed a little more contrarian this year, um, which is sick, bro. But uh, yeah, what do you think, man? Do you think uh, the public's getting wise to anything or you think it's just sharper lines? Like, what's your thoughts? The, this is how I see it, right? So the average better is going to bet certain teams no matter what the spread is. That's okay? it, yep. Especially so, recreational betters. Yes. So that's why you bet against it for the points because those people are betting it. But if enough money goes on the dog, those favorite, those, like, you know, those those games that everyone always bets, those spreads are actually going to end up getting lower, right? Yeah. Because the mon- the big money is on the opposite. So in a, in a way, it's actually going to help recreation. I find it's going to help recreational betters more than help the sharps because then the sharps are gonna have to jump with the regular betters and actually start taking favorites i think that's kind of what's happening i i feel the road favorites have been insane value all year almost there's been a lot like maybe that changes next season or me but i think it's more because of this new phenomena um a lot of people are just are wise more to and are jumping on those home dogs and then the line ends up not having much value anymore um and it's like, do you guys get what I'm saying? That this kind of is like a GameStop type scenario ish. Oh, I think I was. Let me just finish what I was gonna say. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, the the only thing I could see like really helping the books to at least make it manageable each way is they gotta open the line and move it a lot. Yeah, you know. So they have they have people come in both sides at a huge range and just hope that you know the game ends. So the least amount of people wins. You know what I mean? Like we're going to start seeing five, six points uh, movement in like for one game from like a Tuesday to Sunday. I think that started this year. That's a very good point. Yeah. Tim. It's. Um... I think that's the only way they could 
Because, you know, you, you can't just start getting, you know, like this Packers game, right? People are, we took them minus 12 and a half. Yeah. What, 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 what did we take them at? Maybe 15 and a half. I would have taken them till uh, up to 21, but I know yeah. that would never be but aligned. Let's say they would have made it 15 and a half. Then let's say the sharp money starts coming in on Chicago. And let's say actually Chicago does good and they only lose by nine. That's like, yeah, you know, you're giving them like so much uh, points to play with there. It's, they got to open it and move the line a lot and hope money comes in on both times. And that's I'm- that. Again, I don't know if it's because we're getting better, boys. We're in our 30s now. You know, we're a, a lot more mature. I don't know if it's that. But, okay, the biggest example for me was that week after, I think it was after the three-week, like, disaster for the books where it was just like they were getting absolutely annihilated. And it was like Titans plus seven and a half on the road. And, like, the Bengals were, like, plus five and a half or something like that. And they ended up winning the game. I, I That was the week that I made the most money because it was just ridiculous. Like, it was the value was like, I was like looking at it. I'm like, am I stupid here? Are the books trapped me into like a reverse type scenario here? But it just was like, I don't know. Some of these weeks, it hasn't still, it's still very difficult. Don't get me wrong. And maybe it is because of our experience or maybe it's because we're doing a podcast. You know, we got to actually know what we're talking about. But I don't know, man. It's just some of these weeks I'm looking at these lines. I'm like, I agree with you, Tim. It's kind of like the books got to do something because I feel like they're not they're not cleaning up like they they have in the past. So there's only been a couple of weeks where they really like cleaned up. Adriel, oh for sure. And one thing that we also have to outline is when you're betting the spread, more often than not, you know there are outliers, but they make their money off the juice, right? Because they're laying. You're always laying ten cents. It's always yeah. minus one ten more often than not the line. Whenever you pick a side, if you're not betting on the money line, unless right. you get a game that's closer to pick them, but the more time goes on, I would agree with you guys, right? You know, there's a lot of adjustment that needs to be made, but, uh, you know, the Sharpies, you know, won't, you know, parlay their picks, right? They're going to bet more often yeah. spread and try to run at a high percentage, and that's how you're going to make your money. But it's always on the, the on the number, right? You're betting a number in pro football, and there's so many variables that influence a football game, guys. You know, we it, it gets harder and harder, I think, every passing year to try and zone in on, you know, the, the actual, you know, places and positions of a game that are going to ultimately make a difference. And there's some that you just can't control, right? I give the example of last week and, you know, and that stupidity where Tom Brady is not playing good situational football and he ultimately covers because if you have Atlanta there, you know, you're laughing to the bank, but then you get this idiot that's throwing 40 yard bombs. So anyways, the topic for another day, that, but there's, a lot, there's, you know, there's always going to be games that way where you just can't control it. Right. It's, so. it's very interesting. Um, I guess it's something to monitor, guys. I have confidence that we're going to figure it out. The Sharpies will figure it out. But I think you're right, Tim. Um, that's a good good call, man. I guess we'll see in the next few years. But I think you're right. It's gonna, it's either going to be a lot more line movements or we're going to see more value. Maybe the favorites will gain a little more value because of this. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. And don't forget, guys, line movement happens with news too, right? You know, there's certain players that, that, you believe it or not, Vegas has certain players valued at a certain amount of points. The most valuable is obviously the quarterback. Yeah. And back in the day, I know I've said this a few times on the podcast, the most valuable quarterback, you know, in the last 20 years has been Peyton Manning valued. I think he was at 11 points. Where today, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably worth that amount and maybe a Tom Brady. So it's wild. It's, uh, you know, that influences the pick too. And believe it or not, a lot of Sharpies out there, you know, look at this type of stuff. And like, if a Gronk isn't playing, it's worth half a point. If a Derrick Henry isn't worth play, is not playing is worth like one and a half to two points. It's, it's, it's all relative. It's, it's, I love that. It's um okay. I'll mention this now just cause I just thought of it, but we're going to, we still got a few weeks till Christmas. 
Um, guys, Christmas uh, has a full slate of games. I'll probably look at the scores. Maybe I'll have a little bit of time to watch a little here and there, but I'm probably just going to, you know, take some of the week off. But I was thinking, and again, we got a couple of weeks. You know what we should do? We should do, I've been, I, I've been thinking about the name of this, but we should pick every single game and the side instead of just a big take. We're going to pick every single game. We're going to call it the Christmas Miracle Parlay. The Christmas Miracle Parlay. Because I, I, I don't know, like maybe you guys, uh, your family has, uh, for me, I, I doubt I'll be able to watch much football. So I won't be betting single games or putting uh, my bank, all that. But I was thinking that idea. You do the Christmas Miracle podcast and uh, imagine we win one of those points. <laughs> That'd be that would be a Christmas miracle. I'm cool with that, bro. But Christmas only has two games. It's, uh, no, it's no, no, it's on the Saturday this week, this year, unless they changed it. Yeah, there's two there's two games on Christmas, and then there's a full slate of games on the Sunday. Oh, thank God, bro. Yeah. Oh, am I stupid? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I guess yeah, I yeah. didn't see the Sunday because I was looking at that. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Okay, that makes way more sense because also the NBA, like Christmas yeah, the, is there. The, the NBA always has four or five really key games. That's I think they sure. got a they got a full slate. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Let me just double check this. Okay. So anyway, regardless, we don't need to do. We could, we could still do the Christmas. We'll do. The, we'll parlay. do a Christmas. We'll do a Christmas parlay, of course. But yes. Okay. That makes uh, that makes me feel a lot better. Okay. Wait. December. So it's week sixteen, but, right? But they're two really good games, actually. It's Browns at Packers and uh, Colts at Cardinals. Oh, thank. Okay, bro. A couple of people have said to me, like, no, there, there's no games on. There's only two games. And I was like, what do you mean? And then I. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, that's good. Anyway, forget it, hey, Tim. But uh, yeah. <laughs> we can still do it. The Christmas weekend miracle. I don't freaking know. <laughs> Thursday, December twenty third, Saturday. Okay, thank fucking God, boys. Because I was like baffled. I was like, oh, fuck off. Like, who's gonna watch? I don't know. Maybe. And also, but on Christmas Day, they have the the Madden uh, documentary too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, boys. So, uh, like I said, we yeah, go ahead. Uh, a record length, eh, guys? Really, eh? Yeah, it's yeah. a Saturday, you know. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do, fuck. Okay, no, anyway, guys, as always, it's a pleasure. Um, I'll we'll, we'll see each other, I'm sure, before Christmas. But we also got a couple podcasts. So, as always, guys, thank you for supporting us in this. Uh, I I like to say inaugural season. As always, last year was whatever. But uh, it's been a fun ride, guys, and uh, we're going to hit that big ticket this week. So let's fucking go hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to. And we'll see you next time on the Fantasy Football. Okay, that was different. All right, guys. Ciao. Next time. Eight for eight this week, boys. Eight for eight. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. (laughs) Bang. Ciao, boys. Ciao, boys. Ciao.